in. I was in a hotel, and uh, I, it was one of those things where I had to. I had an sh- important show the next day. It was like some showcase or something. And um, the guy, I get in. I was exhausted. I get in, and there's this guy in, in the room right next to me. We, the beds must have been so close because he's just snoring really, really loud. <laughs> through the wall. Through the wall. Oh. And I'm like, I'm, I, it's in my head now. I'm not going to be able to sleep. It's like 2 in the morning, and I go downstairs to this guy, the, 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 the <laughs> desk guy. I go, hey, man. I go, the guy next to me, I'm sorry. I really need to get some sleep. He's snoring really loud. <laughs> and this guy goes, well, I mean, I'm the only one working, so I can't leave the desk. I'm like, I'm not asking you to tell him to stop snoring. <laughs> I'm saying move my room. Like, he, like you can't go to, what are you, you going to do? Go wake him up and be like, hey, man, hey, shut up. <laughs> what do you got? Sir, sir, we're going to need you to roll on your side. Could you roll on your side, please? Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's five minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It is 19 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Trump administration is not putting new sanctions on Russia for interfering in the 2016 <laughs> presidential election. The administration declined to place sanctions on companies and countries doing business with Russian defense and intelligence agencies as required by a law passed last year. State Department says the sanctions are not necessary because the law itself is serving as a deterrent. The law, which also placed sanctions on Iran and North Korea, passed with overwhelming support. And CIA Director Mike Pompeo says he has every expectation Russia will try to influence this year's midterm elections. He told a BBC interviewer he hasn't seen any decrease in Russian activity after interference in the 2016 election campaign. Well, Well, why would the Trump administration want to sanction Russia for their role in the 2016 election. That would be like the Jaguars getting mad at the Steelers for turning the ball over. (laughs) And former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie reportedly has a new gig lined up. The New York Post reports Christie will join ABC News as an on-air contributor. Not the Chew? He is expected to make his debut on Good Morning America this morning and will offer commentary for ABC during its coverage of the president's State of the Union address tonight which it would be great if he just held everything in. <laughs> All the insults from Trump and just let loose on yep. it. <laughs> A tirade. <laughs> uh, and then he made me, me- eat meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch Chris Christie watching the State of the Union if he was eating meatloaf. <laughs> it would get the most views of any. Do they do that for the State of the Union? Do they have ESPN and ESPN2 and you know how like they, the coaches' yeah, corner? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly, like they do for the big games. <laughs> Dozens gathered at a Fayette County church last night to remember four people killed in a shooting over the weekend at a car wash. The group got together at Christian Life Assembly in Melcroft to remember Chelsea and Seth Klein, Billy Porterfield, and Courtney Snyder. Family members believe jealousy over a breakup with Chelsea Klein led 28-year-old Timothy Smith to ambush the victims. Smith suffered a gunshot wound to the head and is not expected to survive. Thousands of Americans are setting alarms to watch the super blue blood moon and the lunar eclipse. NASA claims this rare celestial event can best be seen in its totality 
Nowhere near us. <laughs> Places nice. like Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, Hawaii, and parts of Nevada. So maybe if you're listening on iHeartRadio in those places, you can check it out. On Wednesday, this month's second full moon will appear 14% bigger and 30% brighter. Only those viewing the total eclipse will see the reddish-orange hue of the blood moon. Actress Rose McGowan is bringing her campaign against sexual harassment and misconduct to TV. The Charmed star, who has accused disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein of rape, will launch a documentary series on E! tonight. McGowan says she is doing Citizen Rose because she is trying to stop international rapists and child molesters. The series debuts with tonight's two-hour special, followed by four-hour-long episodes coming in the spring. And actress Diane Keaton is coming to Woody Allen's defense in the face of ongoing allegations that he molested his daughter Dylan Farrow in 1992. While others have come out to express regret at their past work with the director, Keaton took to Twitter Monday to say she's on Allen's side, saying, quote, Woody Allen is my friend and I believe him, end quote. She also suggested people look at a 1992 60 Minutes interview with Allen in which he defends himself. Windy and cold snow will end today, only in the uh, mid-20s today. And wind chills in the single digits, it's 19 degrees at DVE. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, it's winter. Yeah. It's I mean, it's... Slippery ride in in certain parts this morning, so be careful. On the side roads especially, uh, as usual, after... Uh, I, I'd call it a... Quick snow. It's a little more than a dusting. Not really a dusting. That implies you could just... <laughs> Blow it off the road. No, no, yeah. it snowed. Yeah, it snowed. So be careful on your way in today. Billy Gardell is going to be joining us uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. James Harrison talks a little bit more about his departure from the Steelers as uh, Media Week uh, or Media Day, whatever, uh, gets underway in Minnesota, where we should be right now. Oh. I'm trying Radio to Row is set up in the Mall of America. Oh, is it really? Is yeah. It? I saw a picture. I didn't see where it was, though. Yeah. Well, that's kind of insane. How do they do that, would, that? That would be fun. Boy, that's, I don't know how they're doing it logistically, but getting people, that that must be close to the actual arena then. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to Minnesota. Or the stadium, not arena. Uh, Mike will have more details on that coming up bottom of the hour and uh, the latest Super Bowl news and stuff to chew on. Get your mind off of what's going on with the Super Bowl. Also, we had the day off yesterday, and it's great. Yet when when you have we we worked on MLK Day because of uh, the the Steelers game, so they were just like, "I'll just take you, you know, the day off that you had there." A couple weeks later, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so we did. And um, everybody thinks you get fired now when you're not on the air, <laughs> when the which whole is great. Show is gone. They're like, hey, "Hey, where fired. is everyone? Did you guys quit?" I mean, I started wondering <laughs> if maybe you? we had been fired. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, we've been ripped off the air." Wait a minute. We all agreed to take off Monday. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why, even though we only had one day off, I feel like I was off for a week. I know. That was I nice. don't know why. It's like this weird, you know, when you come back after vacation and you're kind of... Everything's different. Yeah. I don't know why I felt like that. It was How was your guys' day. break? Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> I was incapacitated the entire time, so I don't even yeah. know. I was on drugs. I got a, uh, a thing done on my elbow, where a, a quick surgery. Uh, but they gave me awesome pain pills for it, uh, so I took them all. Uh, oh wow! Well, not all of them. So you just woke up. I kinda am. Ju- yesterday, at, like I took one yesterday morning, uh, and and I didn't even want to do that. I wanted, to, but it really hurt. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll take one of these 
fancy Percocets here. He's tiny little, it's funny, <laughs> tiny little thing. Tiny little guy. Tiny little guy. Pa- packs a punch. Knocks you right out of the game. <laughs> Don't remember stuff at all. Conversations. People visiting. Don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I was you don't saying remember to you, when we were there? <laughs> I was yeah. saying to you uh, on the way up this morning, you replied all to something, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. He's emailing while on Percocet. Yeah, I don't remember. I Yeah, I apparently posted one or two things. Don't remember. Bad. I mean, that's you shouldn't do that. No. Because I'm just not used to it at all. But now I'm on straight Tylenol. So I don't know if uh, that's going to make me goofy. Um, I don't think so. I don't think. Maybe if you drink. No, uh, I haven't no. been doing that. So. Hey, dry Jan- pretty dry January is almost <laughs> over. I told this is look pretty, one more day. Pretty dry January. To be clear, I never set out for a completely dry January. <laughs> I said oh, I want no. a dry January, except for the two Steeler games. Now, Kinda. how did how did I know they were going to lose to Jacksonville? <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm not supposed to drink. That second day, just because they didn't win? Well, see, if you're really dedicated, you would have a completely dry March because there's no there's no playoffs of anything in right. March. Why would I do that? <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is right there. Oh, oh yeah. There right. it is. I mean, you know. April's my, hockey my, I think my start. favorite thing that you did in terms of your logic <laughs> for the whole thing was when you drank for Slack's going away party, and I said, well, where do you get this day? Because this falls outside the logic been- and you go... A bar today from February. I'm like, wow, what? Yeah. You can't do that. Sure you can. There's lots of February days that I won't be drinking. <laughs> oh, okay. So was, it's like you 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 brought you break it, you buy it kind yeah, of thing. Like, you know. uh, hey, what was I gonna be rude and not uh, have a beer at Slack's going away party? What if you had a non alcoholic beer? Yeah. Where? You could have had no beer. I swear they don't even have them anymore. Places- I think you can buy them in the grocery store. Yeah. I've had them. They're, they're fine. They're good. It wasn't so much about the, it wasn't even a discipline thing as much as I just didn't, I was thinking it would help me like cut the holiday weight and get back to fight in shape before I, you know, was in a sling. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was, uh, it was, it was flawed logic all the way around. It really was. But, uh, you know, I feel good about my pretty dry January. By the way, <laughs> it's up tomorrow night. Plan on having lots of beverages. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> good. For sure. This weekend, I'll celebrate. celebrate. Yeah, no, I'll celebrate this weekend, having completed a pretty dry January. Soaking wet February right around the corner. (laughs) Can I tell you a good uh, Tom Brady story? Please. So I work a lot with the Best Buddies, which is for uh, intellectually disabled people. So I'm in Boston. I flew up there to ride. We rode uh, bicycles from Boston down to Cape Cod to raise money. Pretty cool. And so the night before the ride, they had this amazing thing at Harvard. It was a fundraiser. And Tom Brady is a huge part of Best Buddies. And I mean, genuinely, year-round, he works right. with the kids. They, they, all these people know him, and you know they come running up to him, and he gives them hugs. It's beautiful. And so they set up this touch football game at Harvard, and they, and they, they were celebrities. I use the term celebrities loosely because I was one of the celebrities. And so we go up there, and Tom Brady is going to play quarterback come for on. both teams in the, in the touch All-time football quarterback. game. And I, and I meet him. We're in the locker room before the game, so they can give us like a little pep talk. And I'm standing from me to you to Tom Brady, and he comes up and shakes my hand, and I melt like a little bitch. <laughs> I, he is so good looking and so charming, and he looks in your eyes, and uh, and then we went out on the field, and I line up, and uh, he calls hike, and I run up the sideline to the right, 
and he sails a perfect spiral. And I'm all I'm thinking is, don't mess this up. I'm literally thinking, okay, right foot, left foot, hands out, watch the ball, and I grab it and I pull it into my chest. And I got it. Nice. And then uh, this special needs person was in front of me, and I deked this fool. He <laughs> fell down. I went around two other intellectually disabled people, and I scored a touchdown. And I you. fell to my knees. I was like, "This is the greatest moment of my life." <laughs> you gronk spiked it. You gronk. <laughs> it's 18 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. I'm Val Porter, Attorney General. General Jeff Sessions says the American government will not stand by and watch addiction continue. Yesterday, Sessions was here in Pittsburgh to announce a new team called J-Code that will fight online opioid trafficking. Sessions says the group will focus on synthetic opioid dealers using the dark web. President Trump the thinks... The dark web? Where is the dark web? I don't know. Is it is it on the web? Is it a part? Is it a, like a back alley of the web? The dark web. That's where the like the uh, the uh, the the black market of, of the internet is. The yeah. dark web. They always say the dark web is why the net neutrality thing is is going to be. Now I don't. Uh, when I say they, this has been told to me one time. They <laughs> always say that the dark web is how we're going to uh, be able to circumvent any net neutrality issues because they'll always be able to set up another internet. That falls outside the scope. I don't understand this at all. By ne- the way, neither but do it's I. like you know they're like, oh yeah, really? Well, we have all these other highways. You want to toll? You want to tax that highway? You want to have tolls all over that one? Well, we have this one over here. So uh, instead of www, would it be like dark, dark, dark? Yeah, d d d. Dark, dark, dark. Dark, 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 dark. dark. <laughs> by the dark. way. Don't dark. Google dark, 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 dark. President Trump thinks tonight's State of the Union address will be a good one. Oh, really? The State of the Union set the best for ever. About Usually not that confident. Nine o'clock tonight. He plans to talk about immigration reform, the strong economy and that big Republican tax bill. Uh, that he signed last month. He said he will also talk about making trade deals more fair. And there is a drinking game to go along with tonight's Yeah, there's been one since he won the election. (laughs) (laughs) And this isn't a Trump thing. This happens every year for the State of the Union addresses. Red Eye is a publication put out by the Chicago Tribune. Has some of the rules. Take a drink whenever Trump talks about the Electoral College. Says a variation of people are saying more and more. People are saying. Or we're bringing something back or making something bigger than ever. So take a drink for that. Take two drinks if he insults someone or there's a standing ovation. You'll be drunk in oh my 20 God. minutes. Yeah, is this, is this thing trying to give you alcohol poisoning? That's why I hate the State of the Union addresses. There should be no... Hold your applause till the end. It would be half as long. And take a shot if Tiffany Trump shows up and finish your drink if the president makes a you're fired reference. If Tiffany shows up, are the Democrats going to bring her? Yeah. <laughs> There's Tiffany's not getting invited. You should have to do more than a shot if Tiffany shows up. If Tiffany's there. Melania is going to be there. 
Will she? Yeah, she's been uh, low profile since the Stormy Daniels news broke, but she's Ooh. she's supposed to be there tonight. I wonder if Stormy Daniels will be there. Someone should definitely take Stormy Daniels to the, <laughs> to the State of the Stormy Union. Stormy Daniels will be on Jimmy Kimmel right after the State of the Union tonight. <laughs> He's definitely trolling the president with well, she that. She won't say anything, just like she didn't say anything in the interviews last week. That so she, she has a non-disclosure. Right. Yeah. That's why they paid her $130,000 illegally. But I was saying last Friday, when whenever this news broke, that talking to Stormy Daniels and not being able to ask her about that is like when you talk to Al Roker and couldn't talk to him about <laughs> sharding in the White House. Yeah, what did. else do you want to talk to them about? It, yeah, I just kept trying to work my way back around to talking about it. So anyways, you pooped your pants. <laughs> well, the battle between fans of the Eagles. Imagine and how fans- much sharding has happened in the White House since then. <laughs> Steve Bannon probably broke Roker's record in the first week. Stephen Miller. I don't know. Trump and Steve Bannon, I think, probably, probably eclipsed the Roker mark. Oh, yeah. You were, know, before they got out of the first month in the White times. House. The you battle- just call it rokering now. <laughs> I rokered. <laughs> the battle between fans of the Eagles and fans of the Patriots continues this time in the city of Philly, where a Patriots fan put a Tom Brady jersey on the statue of Rocky Balboa. Oh my God! Apparently, was up there for about twelve hours before <laughs> somebody took it off. Uh, that was lots of time for plenty of pictures to be taken and for the pictures to go viral. This is going to be a bloodbath, in my opinion, all week and in the parking lot leading up to the game. You, yeah, I like your theory about this, and I'd like to think that it, that it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, Philly people can't be anything but Philly anywhere they go, <laughs> and Patriots fans are so arrogant, you know they're going to chirp because oh. when they were at Heinz Field, they were talking trash the entire day. That's what winning for 17 years will do for you. And so they're going to chirp, and then somebody from Philly is going to punch them in the face. As much as I dislike Tom Brady, I will say the way he handled this thing with his daughter, way nicer than anybody else would have been. Yep. Um, yeah, so... I mean, he went on this radio show and basically was like, well, you know, I'm really kind of... He didn't say this verbatim, but I'm really disappointed and... All right, so this was WEEI yeah. in Boston. Ben's, this is where Benzie worked up there uh, for, for a long time. Oh, yeah. Here was the guy uh, who made the comment. I've talked for over two hours about this Tom versus time thing. I loved episode one. I see no issue with the timing of it, and I'm looking forward to episode two. It was Patriots porn. Yeah. I did not use that phrase. I know. You did. I was hoping you would, though. So you could mock me for it? Yeah, sorry, I didn't do it. Uh, what'd you think? It was fine. Jesus. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, Just fine? Come on. All right, I thought the first scene was so staged, where Brady's, like, in the kitchen, his kids being an annoying little pissant, like... All so right. He was referring to Tom Brady's five-year-old daughter. Right, and call her an annoying little pissant. All right. Uh, Has that guy been, extrica- like, excommunicated from the Patriots church yet? Yeah, it was just a stupid, you know, super hot take, bro. So Brady, who's on Kirk and Callahan up there every... On uh, that station. On that station, on the morning show of that station, uh, he addressed that comment. You know, I don't... Um, I Yeah, I do want to say something. I mean, I don't want to get into the documentary much, but I did... You know, I 
Stacy had told me that someone had made a comment about my daughter or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah, you, um, we were, Tom, we were just talking about it. It was Alex Reamer and you are, you can, uh, we, Jerry and I talked about it Friday. It was a stupid thing to say. We destroyed him for saying it. You, you can say whatever you like. Go ahead. Well, I think that, um, you know, I've tried to come on this show for many years with, um, and showed you guys a lot of respect. Um, I've always tried to come on and, you know, do a good job for you guys. So, um, you know, it's very disappointing when you hear that, certainly with my daughter or any child, um, you know, they certainly don't deserve that. So, oh, no, no, Tom, um, no, no, no question. Yeah, as, as I so said, Jerry, Jerry and I yeah. talked about it on Friday. Stupid thing to say. He was suspended for it. He should be. There are certain things I think you understand. As a professional athlete, you're going to be criticized for what you do or on or off the field as an individual. But for a kid to be criticized is is unbelievably stupid. There's there's no defense for it. Yeah. So um, I'll obviously evaluate whether I want to come on this show again. So I, I really don't have much to say this morning. That's fine. Um, I understand. So That's totally fine. I will. Uh, maybe I'll speak with you guys uh, some other time. Absolutely so fine. We understand. All right, Tom. Thanks. You too. Oh, I hope he's okay. Now, uh, look, it's ridiculous. What an idiot, The fact though. that he even went on the show yeah. after that. But why Why would that dude say that? It's stupid. Annoying little pissant. Like, the guy's just uh, trying to do a hot take, you know? You, you, you can't talk about kids. Everybody took a hot that. dump. I mean, that's, I, that is I felt, not good. I felt for the host there. I don't know which one of those it was, because he's in a no-win situation, because he's, like, trying to protect... Um, you know his star guest, like the best guest that they have, and Tom. He doesn't want to, and he knows he's in an, a part of an indefensible situation. <laughs> so he's trying to be like, "I'm on your side, a thousand percent." No, that's it's an idiot. Go ahead, let me line him up for you. Here he is. You know, he's basically trying to hold the guy up for for Brady to punch. But I, I'm sure you know that that happens in a lot of different markets. In in you know every once in a while, you have to remind the uh, you know shockier jock. Uh, in every town that Rain like, hey, uh, yeah, the kid, five-year-old kids are off, off limits, man. Charges. That are being, being said, again, I am in the middle of having to watch the Patriots again this week, and it's like driving me crazy, and it's just nonstop a reminder of that Brady is the greatest of all time. And someone tweeted out this morning, like, look how gracefully Tom Brady's handled all of this, and he may have just saved that gentleman's job. Because apparently afterwards he goes, hey, I don't want him to get fired. He shouldn't be fired. Which was like magnanimous. And Tom, don't get me wrong. But I'm like, oh my God, we have to praise him for everything. <laughs> he does everything right. It's like, oh God, this guy just made Tom angry. <laughs> Thanks, dude. The Patriots are going to win 50 to nothing. And he handled it perfectly. <laughs> and now did you see that they're, uh, they keep... Doing all these previews for the new 30 for 30, the two Bills, Bill Parcells and Bill P Belichick, and how great they are. The coaching tree. The, I mean. The dynastic Patriots. Hard to argue. Hard to argue with. But, you know, as we pointed out earlier, those guys, the last two Super Bowls, they basically had given to them, you know. So they got to the Super Bowl. And uh, when they get their teams, you know. They crapped their pants. They soiled them. They, they, they rokered roker themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if the Eagles are going to be able to do it with Foles or not, but uh, it is it is tough. And then the James Harrison interview last night, if you didn't hear that, we'll have more on that coming up. He talked more about his departure from the Steelers and what it's like being a Patriot. And that'll uh, 
the dagger that, that you feel in your back, that'll <laughs> twist that'll it. twist it around a couple oh. of times. Charges are being filed against a Minnesota couple accused of having sex on a plane. Police say they were arrested January 21st while on a Sun Country flight after landing at Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. They believe the two were performing a sex-related act on the plane and were charged with engaging in gross lewdness. Gross? As opposed to just regular lewdness. (laughs) I mean, it's usually lewd when people do it, but when they did it, it was gross. Gross. (laughs) Officials say the two were drunk at the time in the flight was from Las Vegas, so probably not much of a surprise. They are expected in court in March. Eddie Van Halen is filing a lawsuit aimed at stopping the sale of Van Halen footage shot at his 5150 Studios starting in 2006. According to court documents, the guitarist is suing for copyright infringement and breach of contract over footage shot by Andrew Bennett. He was hired to film the band's rehearsals. Bennett is now selling an hour of video footage titled 5150 Vault on his website for 500 bucks. The lawsuit seeks 100 grand per domain names Bennett has registered along with an undisclosed amount of damages and lost profits. Finally, when Kiss came out with a line of condoms all those years ago, they certainly weren't the first band to license their name or likeness on such a product, but now Foghat have taken it a step further with a great marketing angle, naming their condom after their biggest song, Slow Ride. <laughs> the band made the announcement on Twitter and posted an ad of the product that reads, Mommy and Daddy listened to Slow Ride and then you happened. We've heard stories of how so many of you were conceived to slow ride. That's great, but if you're not ready for parenthood, we're here to help. You can get six of the slow ride condoms for fifteen bucks at foghat.com. And if well, the other the other song would be "Full for the City." If you think of what rhymes with "city," that would also be a good name for that one. <laughs> uh, if you need to set the mood, you can pick up a bottle of Foghat wine on their website <laughs> hey. as well. So it gets you in the. I mood. love the merchandising here. Is that Merlot? No, Fog Hat. <laughs> Good for Fog Hat. Uh, windy and cold uh, snow should end this morning. Mid 20s for the high, but wind chills in the single digits today. It's 18 degrees at DVE. All right, Michael, have more on the James Harrison interview uh, coming up. A look ahead at that uh, Super Bowl matchup between Nick Foles and Tom Brady, and uh, also uh, Penn's coming back from uh, the break. What you can expect. It's the DVE Morning Show. Neil Young, Southern Man. On the way, that's this song, of course, where Skinner referenced him in Sweet Home Alabama. Said, Southern Man don't need you around anyhow. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, Ronnie Van Zant and Neil Young ideologically probably lined up quite a bit. You know, they didn't really hate each other or anything. They, uh, they, they really stood for a lot of the same things. Johnny Van Zant, uh, who now runs Leonard Skinner and is doing their last tour, is that right, Val? They're doing their last yes. tour. Uh, yeah. Johnny Van Zant, not so much. Not so much. Johnny Van Zant on the other side of the spectrum. Completely different. What if um, Neil Young put out a line of condoms? Would it be Southern Man's? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I guarantee you there would be a uh, couple, uh, maybe a Harvest Moon. <laughs> something. <laughs> Neil, I mean, he's he's one of the weirdest cats going, man. 
He still at any moment. Think of what like the power he has, where he can snap his fingers, and Crosby stills and Nash will jump to attention. <laughs> I want to go on tour. Okay, Neil. Sure, let's go. All right. No, no. I had my own tour. Yeah, no. I'll drop my door. Let's go. And they always do. I hope they come back again. Last time they came through Pittsburgh, it was incredible. I have like, there's probably a way better joke for the Neil Young condom, but uh, I, you know. I'm coming down from a weekend of painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite as quick as I'd like to be on that one. Mike, Low pers- on the draw. Yeah, very, very That's much right. so. Mike has your sports Call coming up though. here. Call them that. Slow on the draws. <laughs> Mike's got your sports coming up here in just a minute. More Super Bowl talk, which is aggravating as I'll get out. Uh, and uh, some Penguins talk, too. But the, the Ed Bouchette interview with James Harrison. Uh, well, you decide. Does this make you feel better or worse, Steeler fans? It's coming up. Is everything. All right, Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? I don't know if the buildup has begun to Super Bowl 52, if you can call it buildup here in western Pennsylvania. Is that anybody paying attention? Does anybody want to watch this game? Are you going to watch it begrudgingly well, because it's the Super Bowl and you feel like you have to, but you're not going to enjoy it? Second thing. And you can't avoid it because it is leading on every social media platform, every news outlet. Super Bowl is top news. They do tend to shove it down our throats, yeah, you, no matter who's playing. You really can't avoid it. But uh, some compelling local angles. Uh, Pittsburgh loves to hate Philadelphia. So if the Eagles were playing anybody else, I imagine Steeler Nation would be rooting for the other team. But since the Eagles are playing the Patriots, and the Patriots include James Harrison on their roster, it is a conundrum, is it not? I think I figured out how I'm going to root for this. Please enlighten me. I want all the Philly fans to beat the crap out of the Patriots <laughs> fans all week and in the stadium. And I want, I mean, I, I don't want this, but I don't have a problem with New England winning because I believe if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And we weren't there to knock them off this year. And it's chasing greatness is to me more admirable than watching Philly win anything. I don't want to see Philly put a lot celebrate. of thought into this. Yeah, it's a very well explained. We'll see, we'll see how Billy position. feels. B- Billy probably <laughs> wants everyone to die. Like, can Bain show up <laughs> and sink the field? He's not happy with Harrison. He called him a pig. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Steeler fans aren't happy with Harrison. I don't. Uh, You're hold not it a fan, Harrison. You're not a fan. I was pissed no, at Harrison to I'm, begin with. I, but, you know, I understand the conduct unbecoming stuff to get himself cut and that stuff. But they weren't, he said again yesterday, they promised him 20 to 25 snaps. If you're 39, you don't have the rest of the season to waste, you know, if you want to play. You better play now because the clock's ticking. And they cut him loose. They didn't care. He damn near matched his season snap count with the Patriots in one game. I'm really curious to see how much he plays and how well he plays. I think... uh, Taking all the personalities out of it, just his history and his story, can he still be impactful in a Super Bowl? Do you have any doubt he's going to make a play? No. Not not at all. I do not. So, as you said last hour, the story here for the Steelers is their inability to assess the talent level of James Harrison and their inability to assess the... uh, uh, strengths of their opponents down the down the stretch, in or particular their, Jacksonville. Their their new clothes were kind of emperor esque. <laughs> lot on, of on defense, a lot of arrogance. Yeah. Oh, look how good that outfit looks. We're going to use to stop the run. 
There's nothing there. Yeah, when you say the Give first time we played dilly. Jacksonville, they ran for 300 yards, but nah. like that, that doesn't matter because there's you know three of those were huge chunks that you know. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain with the smoke and mirrors. It is a flawed logic, you know, because that suggests that well, you know, that 70 yard run they had there would not have, yeah. you know, they wouldn't have gotten uh, four 15 yarders and a 10 yarder out of that. Like they were still taking big chunks, yeah, kind of like they did on that one drive in the fourth quarter when they shoved it down their throat and took the game over. That yeah. One, yeah. Maybe they learn a little something from this experience. Uh, I mean, if the backlash from the fans, if the first real, I think, uh, not, I don't want to say threat, but call for uh, looking into Mike Tomlin's uh, security. You know, there's always been the, ah, fire Tomlin, and it never sounds seems more than like peanut gallery uh, musings. But this time it actually seemed like, there was this movement afoot. Yeah, I would agree. You know, including people. Peter King would agree with you. I don't know if you saw his thing. Uh, I didn't. Uh, Monday morning quarterback, he said he's gotten more why the hell don't the Steelers fire Tomlin than why hmm. the hell don't the Browns fire Hugh Jackson. Well, In terms wow. of his readers reaching out. At least to be fair. The Browns are the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, people expect the Browns like to I didn't the win right a game. Yeah. <laughs> Not even one. Like, I, I know they're supposed to be bad, but this is historically inept yeah yeah so they made they made history at being bad one fan base is pissed because it didn't make it to the afc championship game and one the other one didn't win a game right so if he doesn't take this opportunity to reflect on his needing to do a better job you know he's he's so good at talking the talk and when he doesn't follow through with you know doing the walk part that's when you know, as we pointed out before, it all sounds like a bunch of hooey when, you know, sounds like, you know, Dr. Susery. I, you know, I agree with that. I think they will do that, and I'm not bringing this up and making this point to suggest that the personnel people don't know what they're doing or Tomlin doesn't know what they're doing. They were wrong this time. It yeah. happens. The whole league was wrong five times on Tom Brady. Almost everybody but New England was wrong six times. I mean, it... Mm-hmm. You make misevaluations, but I think in this case they absolutely made one, and it had a ripple effect, not only on what they were able to do, but what New England was able to do. And you really, I think, if you're the Steelers, you want to take a hard look at having a better policy for a, a better exit strategy for guys who decide they're not getting the snaps or the touches that they want. What do you do with them? Because the whole thing about just cutting them loose and making the Patriots better because of it isn't working to the Steelers' advantage. Right. There's a hole in the fence, and yeah. players are going to try to find it every time. you yeah. got to patch that up now. You know? I, I get that you didn't want to play Harrison, but, boy, don't make him available to those guys, right? Really dumb. Just yeah. dumb. They they helped like, the Patriots win. Did you see the Eagles game? The run by LeGarrette Blunt. That touchdown oh, yeah. run. I mean, he ran over everybody. You really want to put that guy out into the wild? <laughs> I mean, if you had him, he was unhappy. Suspend him, whatever. Put him in a box. Put him on a shelf. Something. I don't. I don't get it. it makes no sense to me. Because if it's hey, I hate it here. I want to go try to beat your ass somewhere else. Okay. If it's a business, <laughs> I'm shelfing him. Yeah. Ten times out of ten. Yeah. Got to be a little more. Uh... You just can't do that. They, so, do you think repeat- his comments about like, hey, I understand why the team, my teammates, were mad at me. They're emotional. It's fine. Do you think that? Like Pouncey and and the other guys in the Steelers locker room have settled down and their opinion and this has changed, given that Harrison went out and showed what he could do against the Jaguars. 
that a little bit of time has passed because if you read it into Eddie Bichette's interview with him, you get the feeling that James Harrison's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, they were emotional. Yeah, it happens. I understand it. Mm-hmm. As if he fully expects this to not last. I wonder if they've been having interactions as players are want to do. I did. I saw a tweet from Vince Williams after the New England-Jacksonville game, and it was breaking down Harrison's move, his pass rush move. He said, I'm stealing that in the offseason. He said, so it's the same move he's been doing. He can still do it, and I'm still. It was kind of a uh, paying paying Harrison respect through uh-huh. social media for what he's still able to do. Uh, I do know that all this stuff that the Steelers players talked about was, from their point of view, going on for a period of weeks, and you could not tell watching people interact with Harrison in the locker room. Nobody was upset with him, and then when he got cut, we were the Steelers were in Indianapolis, and there were. Roses being thrown his way. But what a legend he was and how unfortunate it was that he couldn't play for the Steelers anymore. Then a week later. And then when he signed with New England, that was the... So I I guess the answer to your question, Randall, is do the Steelers still have the Patriots on the brain? And are they going to watch him if he gets to hold that trophy up? Are they going to be happy for him? Or is that going to make him even more miserable and mad and feel even more betrayed? I don't know. We still have the Patriots on the brain. It is so aggravating. Hmm. Because it's going to last an entire year. If the Eagles win, is everybody going to be good? You lost. See, it didn't work. Yeah, but I think the Eagles are going to get thumped. Me too. I don't think they're going to get thumped. I think they're going to lose, but I think the number's pretty accurate, as it tends to be. (laughs) So I got to vent a teaser, Randall. Uh, And we got a lot of uh, fun prop bets for you, I'll tell you about, coming up. Fun and interesting ways to bet on the Super Bowl this Sunday. Just in time, finishing up my uh, pretty dry January. Just in time for the Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. It's nice. So you're getting loaded Thursday night? Um, Soaking wet February starts. <laughs> yeah, total drunkard February. Drunk tank March? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Dialysis <laughs> machine April? <laughs> Thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up after. Intervention May? <laughs> coming up uh, rehab June. Uh, also, uh, there's a new Mr. Rogers movie coming out, and uh, people are excited. About the Mr. Rogers movie, it's because everything is awful excited. in the world, and so we we hear, ah, oh, Mr. Rogers, yes, oh, we need some Mr. Rogers. Look in for the, the helpers. World. Yep, and uh, we'll tell you about the cast there. And big news uh, from the Indians. You're gonna be pissed. Oh, I heard this. Yeah, you're probably pissed about that. Old school. Well, pissed. Uh, disappointed. Hmm. All right. The Indians making a big move. They're firing Hugh Jackson. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I got to go get a hat before they, uh, they're all gone. Yeah, go get a racist hat before they're all gone. Also, <laughs> Billy Gardell coming up at 9 o'clock. I'm just busting your vibe. Oh, hey. oh, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Hey. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on? Got to lead with Debo, right? Got to lead with Debo. Patriots at the Super Bowl. The Eagles at the Super Bowl. Media night last night. That has changed. Yeah, they do it on Monday night now. It's now a, a, a gala spectacular. At, it's like the opening of the Olympics. At night, they did it at the XL Energy Center, home of the Minnesota Wild. And uh, James Harrison, among those who spoke with reporters yesterday, I saw a couple of stories, uh, one by uh, Eddie Bouchette of the Post-Gazette, one by Dale Lolly for DK, and uh, Harrison addressing a number of lingering issues from his tenure with the Steelers and more specifically his departure from the Steelers, the Steelers waving Harrison, 
cutting him loose with the full awareness and understanding that uh, he could very well end up with the New England Patriots. And now here he is in the Super Bowl. Harrison said he was told he'd get about 20 to 25% of the snaps this season. He ended up getting 40 before they cut him loose in December. Uh, all the criticism from uh, Harrison's former Steelers teammates, Harrison uh, said that came from emotion because they were hurting because he joined the Patriots. He understood that. Uh, the charge of falling asleep in meetings. Quote, who hasn't fell asleep at a meeting? <laughs> End quote. In a recliner? Quote, we don't have recliners, so that's not possible. He's suggesting there was a little pouring on by his former Steelers teammates and some of their criticisms. And uh, that may well have been the case. Still wants to play after this year. Two more years, right? So far, so good in New England. Looks like he can still play. Uh, next year's a long ways away, but uh, he still wants to play. Did he mentor those young Steelers linebackers, or did he shun them? Quote, I'm doing no more or less than what I had over my career. If someone has questions or wants information, I'm open. I'm willing to give it. And last but not least, Harrison on the Patriots. Quote, these guys are good guys, including Bill Belichick. Quote, very good to me. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Here's what you need to take from the James Harrison saga, or however we want to characterize this. The Steelers misdiagnosed slash misevaluated what this guy could do. Yes. And that falls in line with their misinterpretation of what happened the first time against Jacksonville when they talked leading up to the second time against Jacksonville. Oh, those 231 rushing yards all deserve an asterisk, and it wasn't that big a deal. And It's not like they all ran, five of those interceptions like they ran us fluky. over, and it's not like they, they, they misdiagnosed what their defense was capable of as well. That's the thing to me that's the biggest offseason issue. I don't care what they said about who, you know, we're going to be in the Super Bowl, we want to play New England, whatever, blah, blah, who cares. You got to fix your problems before you can get to a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. in two instances, they a didn't properly address their problem, and they didn't properly perceive Harrison as a guy who maybe could have helped solve it, especially after Ryan Shazier got hurt. I don't understand how after Ryan Shazier got hurt, they did not find a use for James Harrison. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Some guys, you know, teams are wrong on players all the time, but I think this is one of those times they were wrong on James Harrison. Uh, look, I think they were wrong on some of the draft picks. They, you know, they, their their problem in talent assessing has uh, hampered their ability to win. Everybody talks about the fact that, oh, you know, if Belichick had all this talent, he would have won every year. You know, and the Steelers have an embarrassment of riches. Well, they also missed on a lot of guys. Yeah, and as you just pointed out, failed to assess the guys that they had. That's the other, the other thing that's interesting to me about this Super Bowl is the Philadelphia approach versus the Steelers' approach. The Steelers have a bunch of A-bombs. Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey, some of the some of the best, if not the best, in the business at their positions. Yep. The Eagles have a bunch of above-average guys, but they're all kind of the same. Other than Carson Wentz, who I think is uh, he had a spectacular year before he got hurt. But Nick Foles isn't chopped liver. He's a, he's a guy who's won in the NFL before as a quarterback. He's been to the Pro Bowl as a quarterback before. They have they have a couple three running backs. They have a couple three tight ends. They have a bunch of wide receivers. They don't have one guy at, at any position upon which uh, everything revolves around. 
Is that because they just couldn't get their hands on the better players, or did they do this philosophically to have a more balanced approach? And if they win the Super Bowl, does that now become the next thing that everybody's trying to do? Sort of balance out your roster instead of load up here and load up there. They got a great defense. It's interesting to me. I don't think they had one player on offense that uh, had 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Hmm. Well, that's clearly not how we're built. You know, they can give the ball to uh, Ajayi. They can give the ball to LeGarrette Blount. It was crazy it's watching the same, right? Watching the beginning of the Pro Bowl, which I only watched just the beginning just to see what Ben would do. It was like our whole offense was in there. Yeah. A.B. out wide, Le'Veon in the backfield, Pouncey, DeCastro, Villanueva. I'm not saying the way the Steelers set their team up is wrong that way. I think you always want to get the best players you can get. But, at, you know, at what cost in terms of your depth? And is the Eagles' way going to, in fact, prove to be a better way, at least for this year? That makes this game pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a hard time. You talking about it right now is actually oh, I, yeah, I, it's I disconcerting. Get that, but it, it's the, the Philadelphia thing, and plus they have the underdog thing going. Or if the Patriots win, where are they in the yeah. pantheon of great? Because the Patriots though- should have lost the last two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and they didn't. and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they get they had the, the they had it the given thing. they had it given to them the last two times, and I'm just imagining this is going to go on again. You know what? You make a great point there too, because there's that other element is. Does everybody screw up against the Patriots? The answer is yes. Yes. Do teams outthink themselves, uh, over, over-effort themselves, talk themselves out of being who they are because they think they have to be something else to, to beat New England? You mean teams that have the best running back in the league throwing a slant yeah. on fourth and one? Or what was th- it? What you think about that Atlanta thing last year? You know, Julio Jones made that catch. Everything that happened in that second half with that whole comeback, the game was over. After Julio Jones makes that catch, yep. If they just run the ball and kick a field goal, instead they pass it and get sacked, and they leave, do all the dumb leave things. The door open, the you know, the Daryl Bevel Seattle thing keeps happening when you play the New Jacksonville Liga. thing. We just saw it last week. Jacksonville ran the ball in the second half, every first down, yeah. threw it long every second down in the second half. What does that make you do on third down? <laughs> And gave up a possession in the first half with time and timeouts. 55 seconds and two timeouts. I, I understand was that. Was that out of fear that their offense would screw up, or did they think they had enough points by then? Did they think they were going to beat New England with 14 points because their defense was so great? I think uh, the element of having Bortles in that high-pressure situation and taking him into halftime with a lead, I get the need to do that, but you are sending him a message too. Yeah. All you got to do there is throw a screen on first down. If it gets wiped out, it gets wiped out. Sometimes those go for 30 yards. Right. Now all of a sudden, oh, okay, now we're at midfield. Now let's take a timeout and try something. But yeah, you can kind of half try. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go five wides right away and spread right. it out and, and, and do uh, risky stuff. Uh, but yeah, you kind of showed your ass with that one. You got to do something besides take a knee there, right? And would they do that in a game against anybody else? Oh, this is ripping open a wound. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pens are playing San Jose tonight at uh, PPG Paints Arena. Uh, all-star break, uh, post-all-star break play resumes. Pens were 8-3 and three in their last 11 before the break. The last two seasons have been pretty good 
after the break. 24-9-1 and one on the way to the Cup two seasons ago. 28-6 and six after the All-Star break on the way to the Cup last season. And uh, Yarmer Yager's going to Cladno. Looks like it's uh, finally over in the NHL. A couple weeks shy of his 46th birthday. 46th? He, he cleared wow. waivers. Calgary has loaned him to Cladno for salary cap purposes, so <laughs> technically he could be brought back, but uh, unlikely. And he leaves the National Hockey League second all-time in points, third all-time in goals, and uh, third all-time in games played. Wow. 27 years in the league. Unbelievable career. <laughs> I mean, and it wasn't dull. It's tremendous. It wasn't dull. My favorite is when that one chick tried to blackmail him with the pictures of uh, her sleeping with him. And he was like, I don't care. Publish them. Good. <laughs> He's like, go ahead. What do I, what do I care? It's a feather in my cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, the casinos uh, over there are probably... Uh, Getting, half getting, staff. The, getting the whale room uh, ready, yeah. He owns oh, the, the team he's been loaned to. He, he owns the team he's been loaned to? <laughs> so like he's going to get some ice time. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to arrange that for himself, yeah. Yeah, because you're not on the power play. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I really did think he would play for every team before he was done. Now you got nine of them, man. Pretty good. Val, what do you got coming up? Well, it is on between Patriots and Eagles fans. I'll tell you what happened in Philly. That's coming up. Windy and cold, snow ending, temperatures in the mid-20s, but wind chill in the single digits today. It's 19 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show, and it's been a long time coming. The Cleveland Indians are finally abandoning their controversial Chief Wahoo logo next year. Now, they've been phasing Chief Wahoo out for years. So it's already been disappearing from stadium signage and merchandise, but beginning in 2019, the logo will not appear on players' uniforms, billboards, or advertising. The Indians will still sell nostalgia merchandise featuring Chief Wahoo. So uh, apparently they want to hold their trademark if they continue to manufacture some items with the logo it'll hold their trademark um it won't be available through major league baseball only at souvenir shops in cleveland Hmm. (laughs) it's just kind of funny they're gonna bank yeah i bet they do now technically this means the team will still profit off chief wahoo but if they weren't using chief wahoo someone else could swoop in and take it over and maintain the trademark uh and then you know you'd see the stuff everywhere so this way they feel like trump would probably put it on his 2020 (laughs) campaign (laughs) sticker (laughs) <laughs> make make Cleveland Wahoo again. So, you know, I guess selling minimal amounts of nostalgia merchandise, they see it as the best way to suppress the usage of the Chief Wahoo logo. Uh, they have used a form of the Chief Wahoo mascot since 1947. Yeah. And some of the old ones. When the logo were really racist. Yes. <laughs> no, they're off. Some of them were awful. I'm they're, aware. Their first attempts at People should Google that. We can't really... Right. Present a visual on radio, but they had some messed up Indians. I thought the chief was a nice, happy medium, but, you know. Now, the logo Oh, this is a smiling Indian. I know. Well, yeah. Well, his name is Wahoo. You know, like, I see the points is what I'm saying. I I don't think that everybody who wants to uh, keep going with the chief Wahoo logo is a racist. I think that that a lot of people who... uh, are <laughs> you, you find this him? one is oh, like the so one with racist. the big crooked nose yeah, so is racist. i, I think that people have a hard time seeing how it could be 
how how the people that it is actually depicting find it to be a racist character characterization. You know, and the old joke is they should just be more upset about the way the team played all those years. Right. Now, the guy who, who designed it was a 17-year-old artist in 1947, Walter Goldbach. He died last month at the age of 88. All right. Native American groups have been protesting wagon? the logo since 1971. The picture you and I were talking about during the break, the best picture is the guy, there's a Native American at the game there to protest the use of the Wahoo logo, and he is talking with some... You know, dumb, you know, moron drunk fan from Parma who's there <laughs> wearing a headdress. With his face his painted. His face is all painted up. I don't know it's if they're of... talking so, so much as just staring at each other from a very close proximity. Like the, the Native American. Fear the Chief shirt on. <laughs> the Native American seems to be looking at him and saying, like, you for real here, bro? <laughs> yeah, he, that guy is just out of Come control. on, man. This is over the top. Now, the team. He's doing red face. The team will be, is it, is he really? Is he, oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. The team will be called the Indians. They're not, not going to lose that. Oh, is that okay? Well, it was supposedly inspired by Louis Sagalexis, a member of the Penobscot Nation in Maine who played for the Cleveland Spiders in 1890. Okay, there are still more than 2,000 sports teams, including schools with Native American-inspired nicknames in the United States. Some of those names and or logos are more offensive than others. Not surprisingly, the Indians announcement led to more people calling for the Redskins to change their name. Now, uh, I know locally here, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, they were the Indians for uh, for a long time, and now they're the Crimson, Crimson Wave. Is that what Hawks, it is? Hawks, I think. Are they Hawks? Crimson Hawks, I think. Okay. Why not just go with the Hawks? Why do you got to give them a color? If you like your color, you put it in there. I guess you'd have to eat Crimson Tide. You can't just be Tied. Tide pods. Yeah. Why not? We're, we're getting close to being there. But this will for sure make people buy the Wahoo logo where it's available. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. By banning I, it, they're really going to make gonna it They're going to sell popular. at least one hat, Randall. I don't know. At least. I mean, it's a tricky situation, but it's like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know, com- coming right out of the war in the late 40s, early 50s. Like the depictions of Asians were crazy racist and that's kind of how the chief wahoo logo was born out of that out of that era so in an effort to try and not be as um boy i don't know what's the word there as marginalizing as uh i guess racist is the word insensitive (laughs) insensitive thank you they're they're trying to clean it up a little bit i just think if it's a it's not supposed to be an accurate depiction because it's a cartoon logo for a sports team, but it, you can't be offended by that, can you? The current one? Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Why? I'm not. Well, I, because I mean, what um, have they said about it? They're like, Indian. Okay, but you're not allowed to put a picture up. Is it? Does it make them look grotesque or or somehow? Less yeah, than, I guess a cartoon characterization of your. Else, yeah, I mean, you know, if everything else was going great for them, Mike, they might not have a problem with it. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's trying to be offensive to them. I don't think the point is yeah, to a lot of people. Yeah, I guess uh, trying to be offensive doesn't. Nec- I would always you know, say, there doesn't have to be intent there for it to be inv- offensive. You don't take any pride that they want to call your, their team. They want to name it after that culture and that history. I'm sure that they, they probably feel like it's more cultural appropriation than anything else. Right. Okay, I don't know what that is. 
Well, they've uh, they've co-opted their culture and they're using it in a way that halftime that Sunday, belittles them. Justin Timberlake, watch that. That's cultural appropriation. Whether you think that's a good or a bad thing is discussion topic for another time. JT, I'm getting a chief hat. I I fully suspected that you would, and I'm not a fan of that team. <laughs> no, but you are of racism. No. <laughs> It was a joke. I really don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting Justin Timberlake's uh, album, Into the Woods. Man of the Woods. Man of the Woods. Man of the Woods. Into the Woods woods. is a different one. I'm trying to think of one that would be similar. Like a cartoon depiction that would be, uh, I don't know. It's tough. There aren't that many that are actually people that. Are steelworkers pissed off about Steely? Boy, they should be. <laughs> Where is the dark web? I don't know. Is it is it on the web? Is it a part? Is it a, like a back alley the of the web? The dark web. That's where the like the uh, the, uh, the the black market of, of the internet is. The yeah. dark web. They always say the dark web is why the net neutrality thing. Is, is going to be... Now, I don't... Uh, when I say they, this has been told to me one time. <laughs> they always say that the dark web is how we're going to uh, be able to circumvent any net neutrality issues because they'll always be able to set up another internet that falls outside the scope. I don't understand this at all. So uh, instead of WWW, would it be like... Dark, dark, dark. Yeah. <laughs> DDD. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Dark, 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 dark. dark. <laughs> By the way, don't dark. Google dark, dark, dark. Dark, 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 dark. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Billy Show. Billy Gardell is going to be joining us at uh, 9 o'clock. Billy. Uh, we had the day off yesterday because it was we had MLK Junior Day off two weeks uh, ago, and we worked because of the Steelers game. Uh, and so uh, the powers that be said, hey, why don't you take that day off? So we did. And, of course, everyone thought we were fired, which was, which is, uh, you know, probably was comforting to a lot of people. <laughs> Some people are more upset today that we're back on. <laughs> but next time we do something like that, maybe not a bad idea just to run a little thing that says, hey, hey, we'll be the gang tomorrow. will be back tomorrow. The gang will be. I think we have another one coming up. Do we? I think we get President's Day off. Oh. Which is like February 19th-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something around there. Something around 19th. Yeah, that would be right. Right? February 19th. Yeah, because the 21st is a Wednesday. Let's do it. Cool. Why did you know that the 21st is a Wednesday? Because I know the 14th is a Wednesday. Because we have a meeting that day. Wow. <laughs> My gosh. This is Val's calendar math is astounding. <laughs> Thank God she's here. Pretty dry January, only one more day, and I can <laughs> live it up. I can live it up. Live it up. Yeah, I don't have to worry about the restraints of the pretty dry January. Soaking wet February. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Drunk Dripping. tank March. How are you not going to drink for the Super Bowl? I mean, I, are you going to watch or are you going to avoid? Yeah, I, no, I don't know yeah, what to do. You, you have yeah. to the State of the, the Union and the Super Bowl are kind of like the same thing for me. Can't like, both of them are going to upset me greatly to watch, but I feel like i got to watch them. I would love to never watch the State of the Union undress. Do you know that you can pay $35 and Trump will put your name on the streaming uh, footage of the State of the Union on, on his website tonight? Yeah. Really? Sounds yeah. like a deal. He's making money. 
off of the State of the Union address and nickels and dimes at that. 35 bucks. Oh, my God. Do you think uh, Representative D's Nuts is going (laughs) to get his name up there? (laughs) We we should totally do that. Oh, my God, you have to. Do it. Dude, it should just be nonstop D's Nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that dude got some votes. He did. He almost almost won in North Carolina. (laughs) D's Nuts. (laughs) 35 bucks. Is that Mr. Gazinia? (laughs) Oh, for sure. Peter's name should be on there. Everybody, it's worth a $35 oh, joke. So I mean, I jokingly said he was going to charge a cover for the State of the Union, and this is not that far off. He's going to he's gonna talk about the ratings and stuff. Will he have a merch table outside of the hall? My favorite part is he's going to go up there tonight, and he, he will fall short of actually flinging his own poo against the wall, <laughs> and everyone will be like, well, he's the president. Look at how presidential he was. Tonight is the night he became, he became president. Melania's going to go. First time she's hung out with him since the Stormy, Stormy Daniel affairs uh, came out. Yeah. In her defense, I mean, you think about it. You just found out that your husband had unprotected sex with a porn star and then you had sex with him after that. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> I mean, these are alleged. You don't know that they had sex yeah. after that? <laughs> the stormy one you, you, you believe, but the Melania yes, one? Yes, yeah. Oh, they got a baby out of it. Before. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she was home with the kid. Yeah, she was home with Baron. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you'd be Baron after <laughs> <laughs> being polluted by that. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> uh, but let's all come together as a country and watch the State of the Union tonight. It'll be fun. What's up, Val? All right. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Report published in the Spine Journal that leads to loss of the curve of the cervical spine. In uh, other words, spending hours on uh, your phone looking down is screwing up your neck and could cause other issues down the road. I definitely have text neck. I think I do, too. Did you ever see the swimsuit issue of the Spine Journal? <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of chicks with text neck. Here's the problem: is that I, uh, you know, have always tried to avoid the text neck by doing what they say to do, which is to hold your phone up to your face. But now it just looks like you're videoing. Everybody them. thinks right. you're taking pictures of them, and I have to constantly. People are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm on Twitter," and they're like, "Are you taking a picture?" And I, and I have to explain, oh, no, I'm avoiding text neck. So you look like a crazy person. I think there's nothing. Maybe you need to, like, have, like, an orange thing that, like, put over the top of your camera so people know you're not taking a picture. I'm not taking your picture. I've yeah. been doing that. And full disclosure, I'm taking pictures. <laughs> but it's just to avoid text neck. You've taken pictures in public bathrooms. I have. Which is, uh, that's a. Not a good thing to do. A, or no. talk about, Really? Really. Mm-hmm. No, it's a tough one because I tried to take a picture of this old guy at the uh, at the library in the bathroom because <laughs> he had his pants all the way around his ankles, and I oh, went to snap a picture boy. in the mirror and my flash was on, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh crap!" and just ran out of there. It was like the scene in Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> He the immediately risk. started chasing me <laughs> with but very fell small quickly, steps. Quickly, <laughs> quickly, he fell over. No, there was a guy at uh, at my gym more recently that was shaving mm. completely naked mm. at the sink <laughs> mm-hmm. with a peg leg. Oh. <laughs> I mean. Completely naked and with a prosthetic. Yes. You say peg leg. I mean, it was a 
prosthetic leg? Like a no, they actually uh-uh. had no, old school wooden. peg. Yeah, it was a, okay. it was a wooden peg. Well, that's worth it. <laughs> that had a shoe on it, which was weird. Roger Daltrey is set to perform the Who's Tommy for at least a dozen shows across the U.S. with various orchestras in addition to his previously announced June 15th show in Lenox, Massachusetts with the Boston Pops. He's now scheduled to perform the band's iconic album starting June 8th in Bethel, New York and wrapping up July 8th in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Uh, He'll play, or is it Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga. Yeah, you have Uh, to do the uh, Pretenders. Pretenders. My City Was Gone lyric. Uh, he'll play Philly June 19th, so uh, both those shows are the closest we'll get. Tickets for all upcoming shows are on sale now. Ronda Rousey has given up the UFC octagon for the pro wrestling ring. Sunday night, Rousey made a surprise visit on WWE's Royal Rumble pay-per-view special. Following the final fight in the 30-woman tournament, Rousey jumped in the ring the crowd in Philly went nuts. She shook the hand of Commissioner Stephanie McMahon to make her arrival to the WWE official. She will turn full-time to pro wrestling, and her first match could be as early as April. Rousey told ESPN, quote, This is my life now. First priority on my timeline for the next several years. This isn't a smash and grab, and it's not a publicity stunt, end quote. It has been a year since Rousey was shamed out of the UFC Oof. after she lost that match in 48 seconds. She got beat up bad. Wrestling fans are pissed about this. Really? Yeah, because it's it's kind of like she, I think she just stepped over a lot of people. Like she took a helicopter ride at the top. Oh, yeah, okay. But she's a draw, and that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't, didn't she make an appearance at something... I don't know. Slack would yeah, know, but like Sunday. the Royal, no, but before that, oh, last, I don't know. a couple of years ago, like a Royal Rumble or something. Yeah, I think she was something on something. But uh, finally, Nicole Eggert is scheduled to appear on Megan Kelly's talk show today to discuss her allegations against Scott Bayo. Uh, she and Scott Bayo are in a Twitter war, I guess. Uh, she claims Bayo molested her when she was underage and they were on Charles in Charge. She was on the together. show from ages 14 to 17 yeah. and they dated. He was 12 years older than her. Um, so I thought he she was claims, supposed to be babysitting her. She claims it started when she was 14. He says no. It was after she turned 18. Well, you know who can clear all this up? Buddy Lembeck. Where is he? <laughs> Good question. He's got a chime in. He's doing the Bible Man videos. Is he? Yeah, he was in the Bible Man video series. I think he was Bible Man. But uh, who's, who's Bible Man? That sounds like the worst superhero of all time. Yeah, it is a, a superhero. It is a superhero. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's a thing. The Chachi Army is not to be messed with, though. I have been on the receiving end of an attack from the Chachi Army. Let me tell you, R.A.P. My mentions those three days. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. What did you go after him about? He posted this ridiculous meme that was had no basis in fact at all um, about a million Muslim immigrants being funneled into the country through Canada or something. It was just this crazy, you know, and I just made a joke underneath about how ridiculous he was. Something to the effect of like, of all of Fonzie's cousins, I would have thought it was Spike that would have gone crazy <laughs> or something like that. And then he retweeted, quote tweeted me, so his whole Chachi army could come after me. And oh my God, did <laughs> they ever. Chachi army. Yeah. They really, they really came in full force. Wow, wow, wow. So Chachi's having a tough time. I'm sorry to see that. A forecast today, windy and cold snow ending this morning. Mid-20s for the high, but wind chills all day in the single digits. It's 18 now at DBE. All right, some of the props for Sunday's Super Bowl. 
These are the these are not like uh, you know in game props like uh, you know how many catches will Gronk have over and under you know ten or something like that. Uh, these are more of the the fun ones, you know. The outside ra- the lines, yeah, the random prop bets. What Don't co- say outside the lines. What color will Pink's oh, hair be when sorry, she sings the national anthem? So you blonde. Get, so oh, you, do we get to pick or what? white or blonde? Oh, is uh, the odds-on favorite five to four? Ooh, that's a tough. That's a other fine options: line. pink or red, seven to four. Then blue and purple, brown or black, and green. They're all five to one. Um, will Pink be airborne? At any point during the national anthem, I mean, she frequently goes airborne during her, her concerts. She's a badass. I mean, it's yeah. pretty incredible what she, she can does. Do. Those what do they uh, call those that acrobatic, those I silk, think. whatever those silk things are. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah it's kind of like Cirque a Cirque du Soleil, Soleil t- type stuff. Yeah. This has to be an over anthem too, correct? I would think so. No mm, is more likely not. at one to four. Yes, she'll be in the air during the national anthem. Uh, Probably not going to happen, but uh, you can bet on it. Over under on the number of tweets by the president during the Super Bowl five. That's the whole day, not just during the game. Oh, I, oh, oh, over. Oh, yeah. uh, no, I lost on that last year. I lost on that. The I took whole the over. Day. Wait, yeah. do they have to be yeah, about but the it's Super a Bowl? Different president? Or no, it isn't. When no, was he? he was, yeah, you're he right. President. You're right. What, what, does it have to be about the Super Bowl? Because something could happen over the weekend, and he just wakes up for his morning grumpy and just starts <laughs> tweeting. Yeah. I say over. Does it continue after the game? It says the whole day, not so just during the, the game. So when the Patriots win, and he starts tweeting, my good buddy Tom Brady, yeah. my good buddy oh, Bob yeah. Kraft. I'm going over on this one. Yeah. So the 24-hour period. Yeah. What I'm, color I'm going over. will Bill Belichick's shirt be at kickoff? Blue is the most likely, 4 yeah. to 5. Gray is next at 3 to 2, followed by both red and white each at 15 to 2. I think the he's way going it's navy. Red. Navy. Mm. I think the favorite is, is probably gray? the likeliest there with uh, of the blue one. Will former Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb's vomiting incident from Super Bowl 39 <laughs> be mentioned during the TV broadcast? No Without question. Out question. T.O. threw him under the bus. Remember that? Came back from that horrific ankle injury, and then he was like, I'm not the one that uh, lost my breath during the Super Bowl. Patriots won that one 24-21. Will Justin Timberlake cover a Prince song during halftime? You can mm-hmm. bet on that. I say no. No has much better odds, 1-3. to three. Uh, The overrunner on how many times wardrobe malfunction will be mentioned during the TV broadcast is one and a half. I say over. That's a tough one. Because they might have been directed not to say. Anything I agree with about you. It. I think they'll, the, there's a directive to uh, hush that one up. Somebody like got to do a Prince song, right? He doesn't have to do anything. Well, he's got to pull his boob out, right? Come on, you'd think. Is he yeah. considered uh, a classy performer, or is he kind of all about himself? <laughs> I think he puts on a good show. When did Prince die? Was that two years ago? I think so. All I know is he should bring Joey Fat One out from NSYNC and, and then show his boob and make that his wardrobe malfunction. Might be a bigger cup size than Janet. Which yeah. number will be higher? With hair on it. The kickoff temperature <laughs> in Minnesota or total points scored in the first quarter? I like that one. I missed that. I was thinking about Joey Fatone's hairy boob. <laughs> <laughs> Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? Teammates is two to one. God is four to one. Their city five to one. The coach seven to one. The owner ten to one. Their family sixteen to one. Like the kids. fans in there? It's going to be the, it's all gonna the be guys. Teammates. Don't work. 
It's going to be teammates. Because Tom Brady's going to win. I say God. Tom Brady's going to win. He's going to get the MVP, and he's going to be like, man, these teammates can't say enough about them. Back to that temperature or points in the first quarter. The temperature Sunday in Minneapolis could be the lowest ever recorded in a host city on the day of the Super Bowl, which makes it even more remarkable that the Steelers aren't there because they've had such poor luck with the uh, the weather in the last couple of them. AccuWeather is projecting four degrees Fahrenheit at kickoff. <laughs> oh, that is so you got to go over. Got to go points. Four points, yeah. Which number I will be higher? The that. points scored by the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty Two, or the points and assists recorded by Boston Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving versus Portland that same day? I've done those before. I had Shaq one year and like free throws he'd miss versus field, field goals kicked. Once. Yeah, sometimes those are fun. That's you, a tough one because Kyrie is going to go off. He's good. Well, so are the Patriots. So are Patriots they. are pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Oh, I'm so bummed out about all that. Sunday, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Jacksonville killed us two weeks in a row. First, they kicked our ass, and then they led us to believe that they could beat the Patriots. No, they did for three quarters. You for bought three... that? Seriously? I did. I did. I thought, wow, this this defense, two thousand Ravens, good. They could go because of their defense. That's what I thought. Tom Brady's got stitches on his hand. They're making fun of his kids in Boston. It doesn't matter. You can't stop the football robot. <laughs> he honestly might be a clone. It's possible. Eagles. Clone of himself. Yeah. Are they? Oh, is is this still five five or where? It's like six and a half now. What's the line at? Oh, I've uh, came out at uh, six, didn't it? I haven't checked it lately. Boy, it's going to be a tough one. All right, Billy Gardell next that, hour. It's right in that area where you, you'd think teasing it would make some sense. And yet it doesn't. Billy Gardell coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll talk with him about it. Maybe he's calmed down about James Harrison. James Harrison granted uh, some, I don't. I wouldn't call it an interview, some questions at Media Day from Ed Bouchette, and he tried to sort of clear up his stance on leaving the Steelers and taking the gig with the Patriots. You know, as more time goes by, the more I think more Steeler fans will forgive James Harrison. You have to. I don't. I don't have to do anything. You got eventually, you got no. It. Then you're you're wiping Tampa off the books. No, I'm not. It was great. It was awesome. Harrison was a big part of that. I know. And then he ruined it. <laughs> you gotta take the team picture, put magic marker over his face, and you know. we don't have to do that anymore. We have Photoshop. What did the Bills do about OJ? I mean, do they? That's you know what I mean? Question. Because he was pretty never, awesome. But they never won anything. Then he killed people. I like how we're comparing the double murderer to joining the Patriots. Well, it's the same. it is comparable. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Everybody hates the Patriots except the Patriots and Patriots fans, right? That is correct. Now, according to uh, owner Bob Kraft, that's because they win too much and that's what happens when you win too much. Everybody hates you. And uh, also the cheating thing. <laughs> Kraft quoted uh, by the Associated Press, the cheating thing doesn't come up, but he talks about how the Patriots used to stink. Quote, for 34 years, I used to sit in the stands and feel it from the other way. Once we went to the Super Bowl, a lot of people who had been kind of gracious changed. I think everyone loves a doormat in this league. Patriots, of course, are not a doormat. Kraft said it's good for the NFL to have a dominating team such as New England, but, quote, 
There are 31 other cities that don't agree. He wasn't the owner during all that futility. No, he said he used to sit in the stands. Okay. Yeah. But he was the owner when they went with Bill Parcells when they lost to Green Bay in New Orleans. He was the. I they beat us that year too, didn't they? Fog Bowl. Yeah, that was Curtis Martin. That was a gashed win. us. Threw at Woodson right on the first play. Former owner of the Patriots, I know, was the Norelco Razor guy. Remember, he used to put himself in the in the ads. Can't remember his name right now. I can't either. He so was, that was he, like, was that shots fired when they named it Gillette? Like, uh, different razor company? No, that I don't know. That might have been him. I I I can't remember. But it was he was a kind of he was kind of one of those guys. That he was in his own commercials. He was a media figure, but he was a clown. The, sh- the team was terrible. He was Papa John of the razor community. Pretty much. I used to like that logo. Guy snapping a ball, Boston Patriots. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's my brother kick for them the last year they had that uniform. The Celtics have a little guy wearing a vest with shamrocks on it, leaning on a cane. You were looking for Victor Kayam is the guy I was thinking of. Remember Victor Kayam? Now that you mentioned that. I like to shave it so much, I bought the company. <laughs> he used to own the Patriots. Uh, Mike was talking about. Notre Dame's got a little leprechaun. Mascots that are actually that- people. Do the Irish hate leprechauns? Um, well, it, I don't think it's a uh, caricature of the Irish people so much as it is a. Isn't it? No, it's they're a, called it's the a, Fighting Irish. Yeah, it's a made-up thing, though. Yeah, it's but like called a, the Irish. It's, it's a fabled character. It's not an actual depiction Irish. of a Seems real Irish. They're person. playing. They're all drunks and they get in fights all the time. No. I certainly don't know any Irish people that do that. Maybe I don't get out enough. In my family, that's accurate. Nothing else. No, I just oh, what people like the Vikings. There's a Viking. There's a guy yeah, in the Vikings helmet. There's a guy on the Raiders any, helmet. There aren't any Vikings around anymore, right? There's nobody to bitch. The Buccaneer. I don't know too many swashbucklers. And I don't think you know pirates would be you know yeah. the ones to complain. People who walk Mountaineer. Around, they'd be too busy pillaging. People who walk around with a sword in their mouth and an eye patch are irate over that Tampa Bay logo. The Mountaineer. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I like Mountaineers like it, right? Sure. Yeah, I guess it's not a uh, characterization of their culture that they disagree with. This being the key point. They should. Whatever. Hey, I don't. I don't really care. I will say this: the thing I really like about the uh, um, the mascot for the West Virginia Mountaineers is that whoever the Mountaineer is, invariably the guy always gets arrested. Like that, that that mascot has to have the record for being arrested the most. There's time. a lot of stuff that goes there's, on. There's always a mountain away mascot. from the WVU Coliseum. And what's the name of the field now? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's Milo probably Milo. Yeah, Stadium it's probably or, that rich guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, James Harrison uh, checking in with the Patriots during media festivities. Oh, last this is night. aggravating. Asked uh, about his Pittsburgh legacy, and he said, "Quote: I don't know. Ask Franco, I guess." And this is my point. You have to come around and forgive the guy eventually. You don't have to. Yeah, you do. Nobody has to. You do. You can't just, to quote Bill Cowher, circumcise the Super Bowl in Tampa <laughs> and pick up Steelers history on the other side of that. But it's not. It's a false equivalency to say Franco going to no, the, 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 the Seahawks, who weren't 
the bane of the Steelers' existence yeah. is the same as him going to the Patriots, who are the bane of the Steelers' But he existence. forced his exit because he wasn't happy with his financial compensation, so mm. he held out. There's a lot of levels to that there, story. There's the, there's a similarity there, but if yeah. he had gone to the Raiders, I don't know if that So again, been... this all comes back to joining the Patriots, not, yes. con- not conduct on becoming with the Steelers. That's the problem yes. with James Harrison. Yes. Okay, well. From my say, point of know, view. I'd say get over it. I'd say be more upset with your own people for allowing Well, you always happen. make a point of saying that you're not a fan. Yes. So you cannot... But I appreciate the historical impact of James Harrison in Pittsburgh. As do the people who no longer want to see him around. <laughs> Just saying, the line for autographs at Giant Eagle in the North Hills isn't going to be as long for him as it would have been. Yeah, That's bet, it. I bet it will. All right. I don't think he's going to sell as much Debo merchandise, black and gold, anymore. Maybe the blue and red. Right. We've gone Dude, over. put a smiling steelworker on it. Okay. We definitely... We've beat the hell out uh, of that Debo horse. You move on to the Pens or just move Please on? Please do. They are playing San Jose tonight. Mike Sullivan uh, not tipping any cards yesterday in terms of who the starting goaltender is going to be, but Sullivan maintained Matt Murray is still the man. They just don't know when he's going to be the man again. He's obviously our number one goalie. We'd like to get him. We'd like to get him back in the net as soon as we can. But we want to do it the right way, and, and certainly uh, we're all trying to be respectful of, of Matt's situation. We communicate with him daily, and uh, but I, I I do believe that that Matt is in a good place right right now, and uh, we'll announce our goaltender as we always do on, on the game day. But uh, but certainly uh, you know he he's our number one goalie, and and he's a guy that's important to our team. Pens are eight and three in their last eleven. Murray has one start and three appearances in that span, in part because he missed time away from the team, dealing with the death of his father. Fortunately for the Penguins, AHL call up Casey DeSmith made uh, Murray's absence a lot easier to deal with. Well, he's played very well, as as has Tristan, which which has been really good for us. I mean, these guys, you know, it it, it takes more than just uh, the twenty guys that are that are in the dressing room coming out of training camp to win games and win championships. And uh, these guys have have done a really good job when they've been called upon to to make timely saves for us, and uh, and they're helping us win. So it's it, it's a great situation for our organization. I think we're all excited about. Uh, about the depth that we have at the goaltending position. Um, you know, it, it was something coming out of training camp. Our hope was that, that we were going to give him a little bit more time to, uh, to develop it in, in the American League and with Wilkes-Barre, but, uh, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes things work out for the better. And when they're, they're getting the, the type of experience that they've gotten here, uh, in this first part of the season, and they've got some important wins for us. They've certainly proven that uh, both Casey and Tristan are NHL goaltenders. Forward uh, John Sebastian D. recalled from HL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton yesterday. He'd been sent down on January 25th over the All-Star break. Tristan Jerry not recalled from HL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Casey DeSmith is the guy, at least in terms of uh, being the backup right now. And Sidney Crosby still one goal Shy of joining Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yagers, the only players in Penguins history to score 400 career regular season goals. Maybe that'll happen tonight. Val's got news top of the hour. What are you going to be talking about there, Val? We're going to talk about the greatest movie villains of all time. And Billy Gardell will be joining us then as well at 9 a.m. here. It's the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell, 
17 minutes from now, joining us live from Los Angeles, California, uh, Tom Hanks has been tapped to play Fred Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. Forrest Gump. How about that? Hollywood Reporter noting, You Are My Friend will be inspired by the real-life friendship of the Mr. Rogers neighborhood creator and star and Tom Juno, a cynical journalist whose life was profoundly affected in reporting a profile of Fred Rogers. Um, no word whether or not it'll be filmed here. That'd be great if that was the the, the case. The uh, Pennsylvania film tax credits uh, won't be available until fiscal year, next fiscal year in July. So not sure how that will affect whether or not it's shot here. Certainly hope it is. You read that article. I have not yeah. read the, uh, it's an Esquire article, right? Yeah. It's it's a pretty incredible profile of of Fred Rogers and and if it's true to if the movie is really based off of this this article that he wrote then a lot of it'll take place in New York. He had a a place up in New York City that he used to go and talk about the neighborhood with various different people, but his effect on people everywhere he went was was pretty amazing. And he was always like that, like his character, he was just true to life. Just yeah, just an amazing person. Um, it's fun to read. We, the we need comments. that guy in our lives right now. It's fun to read the comments under the Post Gazette story. Oh God, about this. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm tired of Hanks. His douchey liberal opinions. <laughs> It's a shame as Fred Rogers was a devout Christian who was heavily pro-life and this D-bag going to portray him. Fred Rogers was the man. I love his douchey liberal opinions. <laughs> I didn't know that people had that that view I, of Mr. Hanks. Douchey. I mean, you know, would yeah. Mr. Rogers have been okay with the Stormy Daniels affair? You know, would he have been able to explain that away? Like the current... Uh, fundamentalist christians are i don't know not sure i'm glad he's not around to see this but what conservative would you like to see sean hannity should we have sean hannity as mr rogers no he has too small of a forehead <laughs> i could see him wearing those sweaters though it'd be great he'd just be talking about a huge conspiracy with king henrietta or king henry and whatever henrietta pussycat, henrietta pussycat and all that <laughs> king henrietta pussycat yeah i don't know He'd have a big problem with that if that were to occur. What, are there going to be trans puppets in this? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. These douchey liberals. Or the liberal agenda. Taking it on. But of other Pittsburgh people, like, who would be a good person to play Rick Seaback in the movie? I go with Tom Hanks again because he can do anything. <laughs> what about uh, Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton was an... Would he play himself? He was a handyman on the show back in the day, right? He worked on the set, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he was the handyman. No, the no, set, Joe but... Negri is the handyman, but I thought he worked with him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It talks about th that profile. Also talks about you know um, Fred Rogers growing up in Latrobe and how the first time he, he ever was a saw sniper? A, a, huh? He was a sniper. Ever? T I don't know what that means. You never heard that the uh -huh. urban legend that no. Fred Rogers was a was Green a Beret. No. He was a sniper with like 54 confirmed kills. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, dude. That was. Well, it just talks about like how he, you know, decided that he was going to be in television where he, he turned on a TV and all he saw were uh, pie fights, people throwing pies at each other. So he's like, I've got to go on and, and, and fight the, the TV industry and put something out there that shows how we're all loved into being.
Oh, oh man, would he hate what's going on uh, now? Well, he yeah, he lost yeah. the fight. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Loser. Mrs. Rogers, ask your husband what it's like to be a loser. Michael but, Keaton. But, but what a great man, though. Oh, man. Can you imagine Inspiration. if that person came out now? Like Fred Rogers? That, not that he was a character, but that character came out now. Yeah, that there'd be message. A, just, there'd be a smear campaign against him immediately. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. He'd be seen as crazy. For some reason, like, I, I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. My my brother was on an episode of Mr. Rogers. Was he? Oh, yeah. He came to, to talk to uh, my brother's school, and his friend, this girl, was like, you know, ratted my brother out for, like, stealing money from her lemonade stand. <laughs> And Did being they make mean a whole to her. Episode out of it? Uh, no, snitches they just kind of like stitches. yeah. They, <laughs> they just kind of brushed over it. But for some reason, like I always thought that Mister Rogers that was sad. Like for <laughs> there was like this melancholy to it that I really I don't know. It like it scared me. It was just it just seemed so sad. Am I, think, I alone on this? No, I think that's. I don't think that's what he was wanting you to take away from it. No, I'm He's like I'm, it's a beautiful I'm day. Certain it wasn't, but for some reason, I just felt like I don't know. You mean an old man playing make believe, and just the only guy they had to talk to him is the mailman? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of that. There are different ways to look at it, uh, but he you know, just a, a grown man taking his shoes off, and then you know <laughs> going into a land of make believe. He well, taking he, that, a little trolley car into a puppet world because the people who work with him all vouch. You know, to a person that he was actually, he was that guy. He was the greatest man. guy who had that impact on everybody that he, that uh, he, he came across. Um, That's what the article spells out in great detail. Sally Wiggins, I know, is one of them. Sally will be in studio with us tomorrow, and she had a lot of dealings with with Fred back in the day. And she said he's like he was the greatest person to ever walked the earth. I'm Michael, a saint. Mike, Michael Keaton speaks of him in those same tones. I bet he's one of those. Like if I met him, I bet I would cry. Just a lot of people he did. Would, he was just so special and sweet and kind and God, that's a lot of responsibility for him, isn't it? That must yeah. have been hard on him. He weighed 143 pounds pretty much his entire adult life. And he used to tell people, I, do you know what 143 pounds spells out? It spells out I love you. I is one, love is four, and you is three. I love you. Isn't that sweet? It's like Oh my God! Might have spelled out a he, thyroid condition too. I mean, he, he could have looked is into it. A saint, a saint. Uh, we could use a reincarnation of <laughs> Mister Rogers. Right and I think now. he he studied like he was going to go into the seminary. I think. I, right. I think I remember that. And didn't he swim every morning? Every morning. He was like a devout swimmer. I don't know, kid. Yeah, maybe that's so why he was do so his thin. laps. So he stayed at 143. He weighed himself every day. You know why he probably went swimming like that every day? So he could just scream into the abyss, <laughs> into the water, while he was going back and forth, how pissed he was. So he just saved all of his anguish for swimming back and forth across the pool. Just lots of bubbles of, Mother! <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> just floating all around that pool. I mean, he had to get angry every once in a while. You know, if he didn't, I mean, had to be a waitress that pissed that? him off at Ritter's. Didn't he always eat lunch at Ritter's? I don't know that he he ate lunch there that, a lot. That's plausible, yeah, for sure. Well, Tom Hanks will uh, take on the task of portraying him in the movie, and uh, boy, won't that be great? 
Hey, I he, thought that that was perfect mm-hmm. casting. I mean, he looks kind of like him. A little bit. I do agree Keaton would have done a good job, but there are very few other people that, you know. Well, no, I meant, will Michael Keaton play himself? But he was behind the scenes. I don't think he had an well, on-air role. I know, but is it just going to be a reenactment of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Or is it no. about his whole life? It's about, I, I mean, if it's well, based on the article, it's all it. behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know. Uh, we'll have uh, Billy Gardell weigh in on that. Billy should be on that. We should figure out a way to get Billy involved as like one of the Teamsters Billy building the set. Back. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Val has a full news update next. We're going to talk about, and we'll get Bill- Billy in on this, the greatest movie villains of all time. You know that you can pay $35 and Trump will put your name on the streaming uh footage of the State of the Union on his website tonight. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. He's making money off of the State of the Union address and nickels and dimes at that. 35 bucks. Oh, you, my God. Do you think uh, Representative so... D's Nuts is going <laughs> to get his name up there? <laughs> oh, we, we should totally oh do that. Oh, my God. You have to do it. <laughs> Dude, we, there, it should just be nonstop D's Nuts. <laughs> Hey man, that dude got some votes. He did. Peter. He almost almost won in North Carolina. <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> Thirty-five bucks. Is that Mr. Gazinya? Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Peter's name should be on there. Everybody, it's worth a thirty-five dollar oh, joke. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. There's going to be so many of those. <laughs> Haywood. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> what district is he from? Oh, boy. Billy on? Billy Gardell on the phone from Los Angeles, California. What's oh. up, Bill? Hey. No? Good morning. Uh, good morning. I am actually in Orlando, Florida today. Oh, you're just crisscrossing the uh, the, the country. Yeah, you know, just working for a living. You at your pop's house? No, I'm going to go see him later today at 3, and I had to call and make sure I gave him the right time. Otherwise, it would have been, well, then just don't come at all, Bill. Yeah. You can't pick a time. Don't come at all. So, hey, Bill, he's a busy man. You got uh, you got to be penciled yeah. in. He's got to shock the pool with chlorine, take a nap, and watch Bob Ross. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good day. Yeah. Pretty watch good day. somebody make some uh, some Jealous. beautiful uh, little trees. Clouds. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Bill. We were talking about it earlier. Have you have you softened your stance on James Harrison at all? No. All right, good. That's I didn't think you would. Good. Nope. Don, who? What's he do? <laughs> he rushes, rushes the passer pretty well. The guy that does the crunches for New England. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> oh, oh ah. It's going to be an ugly week. Uh, Val's got a news update for us right I now. I just want to know, here's the thing about Super Bowl week. Between the Boston fans and the Philadelphia fans, it's going to be like, I think the whole fourth season of Fargo should be about that. <laughs> I know. You know how many bar fights are going to be going on in that city with uh, all those Minnesota people? Like, why are you so mad, eh? Why are you, why are you, why are you yelling at each other all the time? A bloodbath, Bill. A bloodbath. <laughs> winter's coming <laughs> to Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 19 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Uh, That 66-year-old woman who has become known as the serial stowaway 
uh, for her history of sneaking onto airplanes without paying, was arrested again on Sunday for trespassing trespassing at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Marilyn Hartman has already been banned from several airports around the country, including O'Hare, but she was spotted in the private plane area of the airport. An, air, uh, an airport employee questioned her and asked her to leave, but she took off running. Authorities did eventually capture her inside the international terminal and placed her under arrest. Just two weeks ago, authorities say Hartman was somehow able to slip past security without a boarding pass or a passport and eventually got onto a British Airways flight to London. Once she arrived there, police put her on a return flight back to Chicago, where she was arrested and charged with theft and trespassing. Uh, this woman, <laughs> if you... I don't know. The government should hire her. It's incredible. She's like show the modern-day catch-me-if-you-can. Show us where our leaks are. Now, she's been arrested for... Uh, or She has been caught trespassing at airports... For years, in 2014, she got onto a Southwest Airlines flight from San Jose to L.A. without a boarding pass. She's been arrested multiple times since then at other airports in California, as well as Phoenix and Minneapolis. In 2016, she was ordered to serve six months under house arrest and also undergo two years of mental treatment. She is due back in court on Thursday. Wow. It's impressive at this point. Yeah. I don't know how it happens that often that she can just just wander. Yeah, she should be working for the NSA. It's impressive. It's impressive. If you are thinking about getting out of your marriage and filing for divorce, you might want to do it sooner rather than later, especially since lawmakers in D.C. changed the tax code. Right now, alimony and spousal support are tax deductible. But uh, those payments will not be in the future, which could affect your bottom line to the tune of thousands of dollars or more. Because of that, divorce attorneys are seeing a spike in the number of clients considering divorce this year. They're starting the process with hopes of having deals finalized before new alimony rules take effect next January. Damn, it was a rough January. They've Wait, seen a spike in people considering divorce this year. It's not even... For tax reasons. <laughs> it's the first month. Wait, they're trying to, to, to make your taxes higher if you get divorced? Is that the deal? Well, right now, alimony and spousal support are tax deductible. But they won't be starting next uh, year. Hurry up and get that divorce. So you gotta you gotta get you gotta get grandfathered in. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, look, honestly, um, it makes the most financial sense for us to get divorced this year. <laughs> if we're gonna do it, let's do it. Mardi Gras is just two weeks away, and New Orleans is getting ready by making some room in its drainage system. City officials recently spent. $7 million to remove more than 46 tons of old beads from past Mardi Gras, Mardi yeah. Gras celebrations. Mm. 93,000 pounds of beads made up a portion of the 7.2 <laughs> million pounds of trash pulled out of the catch basins uh, along the five-block parade route. The clogged catch basins were causing flooding in parts of the city. City officials admitted that they have to do a better job of cleaning up the beads that are thrown after Mardi Gras and are looking into ways to prevent those clogs from happening again. Well, they had. I was down there in November. They had uh, f- uh, Bourbon Street was torn up on the upper part of it, up towards Canal Street. And uh, someone had told me that a lot of that was due to the fact that there were a couple of restaurants that were just pouring their grease in the drains. Oh, that's probably true, too, yeah. And those old, old, you know, pipes going through the French Quarter. All clogged up. uh -uh, Wasn't going to work. 
Uh, if you want to get healthy this year, there are some foods scientists say you should be eating. Let me get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> the BBC enlisted a group of scientists to rank, not nutritionists, but scientists to rank the 100 healthiest foods in the world based on all of the nutrients that they contain. The okay. top 10 healthiest foods are, are, Bill, are you really writing this down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, almonds. Okay. Yeah, we knew Shots. that one. Knew that Check. one. Now, again, this is in the world, so some of the stuff I've never heard of. Not salted. Yeah, raw. 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 Yeah. What about roasted? Roasted's okay. Roasted, not salted. Uh, if they're not salted, you should be okay. Yeah. Salted and roasted is really the place to be what about smoked? with the almonds. Does that have salt in them? All right. Well, I don't know if I can find unsalted, but Costco's got a big bin of chocolate covered ones. That should be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something called cherimoya fruit. God bless you. Ocean perch. <laughs> What's that? I don't even Ocean know what that perch, is. It's a f- just perch. It's just from like the, the stuff ocean. that ends up on the rocks. So from not the, the ocean? stuff I grew up on in Lake, Lake Erie. Not Lake perch. Scrape uh, it off a rock and eat it. Oh, that's pretty tasty. <laughs> oh, it's so tasty. Are you kidding me? Deep frying perch and just <laughs> flat fish. I don't know what that What's is. What's that? If it's just a general fish without boobs. Like, <laughs> like white fish is kind of a general classification, I flat guess. Flat yeah. Chia Swedish, seeds. Swedish fish will work. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're flat. They're flat. Yeah. I like the goldfish personally. Chia seeds. Chia seeds are the big one, man. Everyone loves the chia seeds. They're like, you got to put them in something, though, right? And yeah. mix them up. You don't they just eat chia seeds. They look weird. It's like hold bird, on, me, it's like bird feed. What is a chia pet? Okay, got <laughs> They got, those things get stuck in your teeth, man. I know You'll be talking to somebody later in the day, and all of a sudden you just launch a BB at them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> Pumpkin seeds. Okay. Pepitas. Swiss chard. Carve a pumpkin. Swiss cheese. Okay, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> ah, here's my favorite on the list. Pork fat. Pork fat. Now nah, we're talking. They what do we say got here? pork fat is a great source of B vitamins and minerals. Really? Now, this is scientists. Top 10 healthy foods. Oh, scientists. Well. Well. Okay. Beet greens and snapper round out the top 10. Some of the most popular foods that finish outside the top 10 are tangerines, Peas, chili powder, kale, cherries, oranges, carrots, and sweet potatoes just made it in at number 100. Wait, tangerines are good? Yep. They're on the top 100. I like tangerines. Tangerines are excellent. Tangerine. Tangerine. Living reflections. Have a dream. What's Swiss chard? It's a green. It's delicious. You put that, yeah, you put that on a burger. It's nice. It's like a lettuce. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, uh, it's thick. It, yeah, it's hearty. It's, it's better than kale. Kale uh, has that flavor that makes you kind of go, Wah. like Swiss chard is uh, a little more neutral. Kale is the, the first thing I've eaten that makes me feel like I'm nibbling on a bush. <laughs> like I'm just out in the woods just eating stuff off a tree. It's It's tough to get down. A new survey has found, and this probably isn't, very surprising at all. Millennials way worse at a lot of basic jobs around the house than their parents. Born between, yeah. So millennials, to be clear, born between 1983 and 2000. I was ahead of the curve, though, because I was probably bad at all of these things. Whatever you're going to say. 60% of millennials can sew a button versus 93% of their parents. 
I, I'm not a button. So player. a button. Yeah. Not a chance. How do you not know how to do that? Because I don't know. I, the, Bill, I don't you know how many things I have in my house without buttons on them? <laughs> if I lose a button, I'm just down a button. Yeah, exactly. You just work without the button and until it gets to that crucial button that you can't do without, and then you pay a buck fifty at a dry cleaner. <laughs> Most buttons are expendable. I'll be honest with yeah. you. It's not hard to work a button. It's a little effort. That's yeah. all. Fifty-five percent can fix a blown fuse versus ninety percent of parents. I mean, I can. How hard is that? I got a fuse box and flip the switch. Yeah, that's there's. It's yeah. not the old tube fuses for most unless you live in a really old house. You go down and you see which one of the switches is a little off, and then you you, <laughs> you crank it to the one side, you crank it back, and, and then just for you're fun, back in business. you see that one that might be askew a little bit, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll give that one a try," a and you turn off your entire first floor. <laughs> oh, good! I get to reset all the clocks. Well, I'm some gonna, of those houses, the way they're wired, you're like, "Why is the uh, the basement <laughs> yeah. bathroom and the dishwasher, the attic, yeah. the washer and dryer, and the third floor are on the same one. Thirty-four <laughs> percent can cook a meal from scratch versus only fifty-seven percent of parents. I would have thought it would have been higher, mm-hmm. but sixty-two percent can check the tire pressure on their car versus seventy-seven percent of parents. Uh, for millennials, now this was an interesting one. Fifty-one percent can hang wallpaper versus sixty-eight percent of their parents. <laughs> That that is that is difficult. Yeah, that's a tough. I wouldn't get into that. And no taking down that. wallpaper oh. set the house on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Damn just it. move. Researchers think it might be because people are living with their parents sometimes into their thirties, so they don't have to know how to do that stuff. Another theory is that schools aren't teaching things like home ec or wood shop or any of those kind of classes anymore. According to a new survey of Empire Magazine readers, here is a rundown of the greatest movie villains of all time. Oh, this is good. Number 10, The Alien from the Alien movie. The original Alien. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Voldemort from the Harry Potter. Ah, I don't know about that. I got to watch them. I'm losing out on too many cultural reference points because, I I mean, I never watched them because I thought it would be weird for a guy... Who's like a grown man to watch <laughs> Harry Potter? Well, I don't think you need to go to opening night, you know, dressed <laughs> like, in a right, cape. with a cape, know, but like, with your uh, invisible I don't, I don't, cloak. I don't know if I have a Saturday left to watch all the Harry Potters. I don't know if I have enough Saturdays left. I think <laughs> I might have to just YouTube that for like a buck and a half and then move forward. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is the other one I've never. Watched. You know what? It took me three times to go in there, but I finally, when I locked in, I was okay, and then it became really cool, I right. have to say. But it took three good runs at it. Like, I had to run at the door three times. <laughs> yep. I know yeah. what you're saying. I tried yeah. to watch. That first one is so long. Yeah, I had to run at it a couple of times. Like I, had to, <laughs> I had to start at like two in the afternoon to get that right. <laughs> Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Awesome. Oh, oh good bad guy. Good, 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 good. So awesome. great. Kylo Ren at number seven. No, shouldn't even be on the list. Bill, he's pretty good. If you have you seen he's the new pretty, one? No, he's good, and I like the new ones. I just don't know if he's been around long enough to be on the all-time not villain t- list. Not all-time right. List. I mean, his grandfather should probably be on that list. Yeah, absolutely. Ahead of him. Absolutely, way ahead of him. Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards, which I don't think I've ever seen that movie. That's, oh, yeah. oh, that guy's great. The the, the scene with the milk. Christoph oh Waltz. Yeah, he's great. H- Hannibal Lecter? Yes. 
That's Hall of Fame. That's first ballot. Easy. Mike will love this. Quid pro quo, Clarice. Hans Gruber. Oh, Hans Gruber. Yes, so absolutely. Loki from the Thor movies. Uh, oh, come on. No, that's Tom Hiddleston. You know what? Uh, Loki's like an alternate for the All-Star game. That's like <laughs> a nice nod, but you ain't starting. At number two, <laughs> uh, the Joker. Yeah, that's good. Heath Ledger's Joker? This, it just says the Joker. No, nah, just in general, because even in the comic books, that's one of the greatest villains. But it's about time. movies. It's about movies. It's movie. It all, right, well, all right, well, still, you got Nicholson and Ledger. That that counts. Mm-hmm. I still think two of the best. And number one, probably not a surprise, Darth Vader. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. You know who I would have put on that list? Bill the, Bill the Butcher. Oh, good. That's good. Um, Definitely Bill the Butcher. I mean, he was see, I, menacing. I keep thinking of villains in my head, but they're all like horror movie characters. So that's not really a villain. I, Although what a, Hannibal Lecter was on the, the trees list. from Evil what a, Dead. No. What about what about Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood? <laughs> yeah, but he's not really the villain. I mean, he's kind of the well, protagonist. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a thin line. How about the birds in the Hitchcock movie? <laughs> Honorable mention. <laughs> Honorable mention. The birds. Just, you know, as a group. It was an ensemble villain. Terrifying birds. Was Willard a Hitchcock movie? Uh, the, the, the rabbit? Rat, the rats. The rats. Oh, I don't know. Harvey's the rabbit. I don't, I don't think it was a Hitchcock movie. Mm-mm. I think, um... Uh, who was the crazy guy that was that like got kicked off Letterman because he tried to kick him in the face? Crispin Glover. Yes, I think he was in a remake of that. Yeah, he okay. was. Yeah. He definitely was. Yeah. Windy and cold snow ending today. Temperatures uh, in the mid twenties, but wind chills in the single digits all day long. It's eighteen degrees at DVE. Billy Gardell in uh, Orlando. Uh, so let me ask you something. Yeah. The you know I just earlier said the State of the Union address tonight in the Super Bowl are pretty much the same thing for me. I don't want to watch either of them, but I feel like I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just wanted to just have it on in the background so you don't miss anything. But do you? I mean, do you feel like you're being robbed of the Super Bowl experience, even when your team doesn't play in it? Historically, it's still all right. Well, all it's right, the Super Bowl. It's a good matchup. Celebrate and see what's going on here. But it's the Patriots are kind of robbing Steelers fans of the ability to sort of have the cognitive dissonance of who the other teams are. Like we used to not care, but now you can't not. You're just rooting against them so hard that it's almost taken away from the experience. Yeah, I think that explains it, man. This is the first time I'm not having a Super Bowl party. There you go. Uh, I just, I just, I haven't done it. I mean, I've had one every year for 10 years, and I just, I I can't, I I just can't. If they win again, I just can't talk to anyone after this game. So I have to just watch this in isolation, I think, this year. So I hate admitting it. You know, anytime that I say anything like this that is like complaining about how good the Patriots are, I always think of it from the vantage point of the Patriots fan. Like, I always think of like, you know, uh, our friends who are, who are Pats fans hearing us say that, like, them just loving that. Oh, Here, they're like, they oh, are. look at that. We broke the Super Bowl for them. Yep. Yeah. They don't yeah. even, they, we broke it. Yeah. No, I'm sure they're reveling in it, and I'm sure we would be too. And, uh, you know, I just, I can't. 
I don't know, man. I can't have another nice festive evening where Brady is being carried off the field again. I just can't. I, I can't. I, I That's feel what like, you're in you know, store here, for, here's though, Bill. You know feel, that. Man. Here's how I feel. You, you remember the movie Stripes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when they all get in trouble and Murray comes back from AWOL and Judge Reinhugger goes, I can't go through basic again, man. I can't. That's how I feel about this Super Bowl. I can't go through Brady again, man. I can't go I through just, Brady again, man. I, I can't. I can't. And that's how I feel. And there's no way that commercials are going to get me through it. No, commercials in halftime does not seem attractive. Uh, I will be rooting for Philly, which, you know, it's all right. I'm yeah, hoping their defense shows up, you know. I'm just rooting for fist fights in the stands, Bill. That's all I'm. <laughs> that's all I'm looking for. It's the only joy I'm going to get out of watching that game. Certainly nothing on the field, no, other than gonna... seeing Brady get sacked. I mean, that's that's like my spirit animal. And I feel yeah. like the commercial thing has lost its luster. Uh, yeah, they're not as good anymore. They and thought they, they were good, and they're not. We're going to see most of them this week. They'll they'll uh, they'll all be leaked. Yeah, everything gets leaked. There's no surprises anymore. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, man. I, you know, I, I definitely uh, suggest some comfort food. I think that's mm-hmm. about the only way to get through the Super Bowl this year. Did you see they had opening night, Bill? It was like the opening ceremony for the Olympics. I mean, they had this huge stage at the uh, the hockey arena for the Wild, and they called them all out, and then there's this huge media scrum in front of all these different cubicles, and then they bring out the – Philadelphia Eagles and they all shake hands and they're wearing these white like windbreaker jackets with their team logos on it. It was I mean it was way over the top. So that's taken the place of media day where the the big scrum on the field and they have people Think out so. there who have no business being out there. I got to I got to say I'm proud to say that I've avoided all of that so far this week. I couldn't tell you about anything that's going on with the Super Bowl this week. Well, this is when it ramps up. You're about to hear it when we come back, because Mike (laughs) Pursuit will be in here to tell you about James Harrison's comments at Media Day yesterday at the Super Bowl, Uh, and the Pens uh, looking ahead, coming back off the break with uh, the Sharks at home, right? mm -hmm. Sharks at home. Billy Gardell is in Orlando and hanging this hour on deep. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DV Morning Show, and Billy Gardell is live in uh, Orlando, Florida, on the telephone here. Let's try on DV. Sports is now brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, Billy Gardell probably symbolizing Steeler Nation right about now in his uh, inability to determine which team to root against in the Super Bowl. No, no, I know who to root against. Oh, I got to root, root against the Patriots. Well, then why is it a problem? It's not a problem. I just I don't know if Philly can get the job done. I got to watch that jerk get carried off the field again. I can't. <laughs> oh, see, I, I thought I thought most of Steeler Nation had the issue of do the they hate the Patriots, but they can't root for a Philadelphia team. I can root for Philly. Look, it's like I told somebody asked me what it was like being a Steelers fan trying to root for Philly. I said it's like. When your cousin who gets a lot of DUIs does something good, you show up and you wait, oh, good for you. You're getting your life together. Great. <laughs> I stand corrected that. I thought Steelers fans were perplexed. No, I'm not perplexed. I'm, I'm a lot I'm more very, conflicted very, than Bill is. I'm very focused on, on who I don't want to win this game. 
Well, you should be into it then. Nah, Mike. I, I he knows what's going to happen, I Mike. Do. They're going to be up. Philadelphia's going to be up thirty-eight to three at the half, and then <laughs> oh my God, Brady has done it again. He's so amazing. Everybody, let's talk to Tom. Tom, what were you thinking? <laughs> Tom, nobody's ever thrown eight <laughs> touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. How'd yeah, you do how, it? How did you score forty-three points in a minute and a half? <laughs> well, those guys just came out there and they did what they were going to do. You know, I'm just so grateful to have another. They read my book and eat. Vegetable. All right. <laughs> hate you. I hate you. Well, there's a lot of conflict associated with this game, as it turns out. Uh, not all of it. What you guys are feeling. Mark Wahlberg's conflicted. What's he conflicted oh, about? He doesn't know which team to root for because he's a Patriots fan, but he played uh, Vince Pally in Invincible. Wahlberg. No, t- no, no, no. See, no, no, no. I played Mike Biggs for six years. I had to put on a Blackhawks jersey and a Cubs jersey. I do not root for those teams. That's acting. That's not real. <laughs> you got to understand, Bill, a lot of Philadelphia sports history is based on fictitious stuff. <laughs> what oh, are you a, talking that's about? That's a very, very good point. <laughs> Mike, what are you trying to say? You know, the whole Rocky thing. Uh, what? That's, that's real. Here's what Wahlberg it's a had, documentary. Here's what Wahlberg <laughs> had to say to uh, Rich Eisen yesterday. Quote, how excited I am that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, having played Vince Papali, played an Eagle, having become an honorary Philadelphian, welcomed by the Philadelphia fans as one of their own. I really take pride in that. I've made five movies in Philadelphia, and I predicted the Eagles would make it to the Super Bowl. It's my Patriots and the Eagles, and I couldn't be happier. I'm very excited. It's a win-win. Uh, that's a weak answer, man. Then he goes on to say he thinks the Patriots are going to win by 17. Well, see, that's more like it. He must have just opened a Wahlburgers in South Philly. <laughs> I He's think, trying to hey, have it not get hey, bricked. Hey, I'm out, I'm out of breath. Did you, hey. did you try to switch cheese? Hey. Huh? How's your mother? Come in. Get a sandwich. <laughs> I think uh, Bill's got it figured out. I don't think it's going to be 38-3, to but I think the Patriots are going to win on a Brady drive late. Defense will keep uh, Philly in it for long enough. Give them fits in the yeah. first half. Yeah, it'll, there'll, there'll be moments, as you apparently perceived in that Jacksonville game. Where you'll be uh, lulled it, into it thinking, hey, down. they could do this. Yeah. And then, and then they'll rip your heart out right at the end. Here's some better, uh, better news for you. This is uh, an old story, but we didn't get to it in the middle of January. So I'll give it to you now because I think you need a little pick-me-up, Bill. Please. Uh, Gil Brandt from uh, NFL.com, uh, one of the esteemed personnel guys in the history of the NFL, put together a list of active players who he considers first ballot Hall of Famers right now. Okay. In other words, if they don't do another thing the rest of their careers, they're still first ballot Hall of Famers. And uh, number eight on the list is Antonio Brown, who is characterized by Gil Brandt. Brant as a, quote, no-doubt game-changer. And then Brant points out he's still relatively early in his career. He routinely makes plays that are seemingly impossible, hmm. including several in 2017. I yep. agree with that. Yep. And number, no argument. number 10 on the list is Ben Roethlisberger, who checks in. Uh, Eli Manning is between Brown and uh, Roethlisberger. Brant says of Roethlisberger, quote, when you're good enough to win two Super Bowls, as Roethlisberger has, you are pretty special and worthy of being a first ballot 
Hall of Famer. Only 11 quarterbacks have won multiple Super Bowl titles. Wow, I did not know that stat. Also, why doesn't Eli Manning get more love? He beat Brady twice. In the yeah, Super Bowl. I'm with you. And we, and we still got him sitting at the little table at the at the Manning family dinner. He I got benched. That. He's kind of he like got benched this year, Bill. No, that coach is an idiot, and I don't understand how. He's also, an ex-coach. <laughs> I'll make an argument that Eli's better than Peyton. You know, there's a lot of Dan Marino stats with Peyton, but both his Super Bowls, he looked like a shaky turd. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting in the... Eli uh, beat Brady twice. 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 Gil, Gil Brandt compares uh, Manning and Roethlisberger, says, quote, they're about at the same level. Quarterbacks who know how to win, especially when it counts, recent playoff disappointments aside. I would send Eli to – if I was Eli, I'd be going to another team next year. Jacksonville. Can you imagine him on that squad? Yeah, he'd crush it. Be interesting crush to see. It. I mean, they would easily be become a Super Bowl challenger. Absolutely. AFC juggernaut. Well, they kind of were this year, Bill. They were yeah. in the Final Four. <laughs> Can we go out and get all of their cornerbacks? <laughs> Uh, hockey news, the Penguins are taking on San Jose tonight. <laughs> the Pens, they're starting to look good. Last 10 games have been pretty nice. Trying to pick up where they left off uh, before the All-Star break when they won eight of their first 11 in January. Uh, news- I think they were waiting for Super Bowl or for the uh, football season to end, so they knew that the whole city was queued in on them again, so they woke hmm. up again. I can could, I could understand that. That's my, that might be the way I'd play it. Uh, the national news uh, regarding the NHL yesterday was that Yarmir Yager cleared waivers and is going back to the Czech Republic. He's going to play for a team he owns in Kladno. He has been loaned by the Calgary Flames after clearing waivers and not uh, being claimed by any of the other NHL teams. So it looks like his NHL career is over weeks shy of his 46th birthday. He was loaned to a team that he owns. Owns. Can you owns. loan me to me? Sidney <laughs> Crosby spoke yesterday. I hope he uh, gave himself a good deal. About what he'll remember when he thinks of Yarmir Yager. I remember watching him growing up and obviously playing against him. He uh, did all the things you you watch so many times. He was strong on the puck. He had a great shot. Um, you know, I remember especially when he was in New York, uh, some of the games he had against us then. Um, you know, he's a pretty, pretty tough guy to stop with, you know, everything that he was able to do and just the, the times in which he played, too. I mean, the games changed, you know, over the course of uh, different years and different styles and things like that. And he always found a way to produce and be successful. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what he was able to do. And for as long as he was able to do it at his age, he, he still continued to be productive. Yager leaves the NHL <laughs> second to Wayne Gretzky in all-time points. Third to Gretzky and Gordy Howe in all-time goals, and third to Howe and Mark Messier in all-time games played. Uh, 766 NHL goals. He also scored 78 in 208 career playoff games, including this one. Yager has the puck. Trying to work around Brett Sutter. Does. Comes in around with another man. Comes up the slot. Turns with a backhander. Hey! Yager ties it with a big win. A great individual play by 68. The Penguins have tied it at four. That was, of course, that. game one against the Blackhawks. Cup number two at that time. Yes, indeed. That was a pretty cool moment. 
Mike, when he came into the league, Crosby was three. <laughs> <laughs> Guy played for 27 years in the that's pros. Crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's insane. I still have this feeling like he's not done yet. Like somehow he'll, someone will pick him <laughs> he's up. Just, he's going to come back with the Capitals next year. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the oldest guy? Is uh, Gordie Howell the, the oldest? Howell and uh, Chris Chelios. Okay. How old was Chelios? I think he. Pl- I think how did how play in his fifties? I swear he did. Chelios, you know how tough you have he was to be to 46, play hockey in your fifties. I think. Oh God. Yeah. Cartilage is gone at that point. You got to just be like a piece of leather at that point. <laughs> right. Well, you got to love it. You Your bones are just super just glued to each other. Dock. You know, one of those guys you see like when you're on vacation somewhere where there's a where there's a water, and you see one of them dudes walk off a ship who's like 50, and he's still smoking, and he's got a wiry beard that could probably cut your face, and you're just like, wow, I'm not, I'm very inferior, I'm very inferior. He's got to be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Didn't uh, Gordy play with his kids? He did. Play with In, his son. Um, the WHA. That's crazy. For like the Hartford minor league teams? Houston Arrows. I Houston believe. Arrows, okay. Arrows, like a, it was a plane, a fighter plane. Not a not anything that would upset people in Cleveland. No. You know, Mike is very, uh, he's displeased they're getting rid of the Chief Disappointed. Wahoo. Disappointed. He's, he's pro Wahoo. I'm not, it's not going to ruin my week. Honestly, I don't care enough about it to, I have, there's too many other things that have, have completely uh, drained my soul lately. <laughs> but, you know, I don't understand why you get upset about it. It doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. I just like the logo. Yeah. So I just thought it was, you know, kind of a. So. A tradition that's been around a long time. It's part of the lore of the game. And you're one of the people. You're you're on Team Redskin too. You don't think that should change? No. So if there was a, the Washington Blackfaces, would that? Do you think that should change? I don't think people would buy it. I think the economics would rule the day on that one. So you think the economics should rule the day? <laughs> you know, again, a, it's a lot a, of it's people. A, it's a sports team. It's not social policy. It it's a product. You're allowed uh, to not support it. Yeah. If the Redskins hasn't changed by now, it's not going to. Because I think the groundswell of support for a name change there was at its zenith a few years ago, and I thought it was actually going to happen. It's probably wrong. You're probably right. But I, I, I'm I, also... Again, I don't, have a, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care. The people who it represents say, this is a racist depiction of our culture. So I go, okay. I think Trump is going to rename them the Mexican rapists. Yeah. <laughs> the one they do, yeah. you know. That would be, uh, be an interesting of, logo. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns should have to wear a zero on their helmet until they win. <laughs> I think they're depictions think, of sports teams. I think they should be culture. called the Cleveland Ophers. They are Ofer. <laughs> God bless the Browns. Um, how about James Oof. Harrison saying that last night? He goes, hey, it's what the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Whether you're at the Super Bowl with the Patriots or the Browns, it's the same thing. And it's like, no, no, it's not, James. No, because one, you're there. The other one, yeah. you'll, you're not there. If you're with the Super Bowl with the Browns, you, everybody would look like the uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs thing. I, I don't know? even think if you're a Browns fan, you get the, you're get you not even allowed to go to the Super Bowl, are you? I mean, like as a fan. I'll let you watch it. you got to take off your apparel. Like, Browns jersey, no service. Billy Gardell hanging with us in Orlando. Kazi. Quick break. We'll be right back. Workforce cash all day on DV. It is the DVE morning show, and we got uh, Billy Gardell. Did you guys get him on over there? You got him? Okay, good. Cuz. Cuz. Cuzzy. Bill. Yeah. 
<laughs> Bill, you just don't sound like yourself today. No, I don't. You sound a little down about this whole Super Bowl thing. I am, Mikey. I am. I'm having trouble reconciling, man. I'm having trouble. Because you know what's coming. I, I mean, do. this is. I we do. all know, know how this coming. one ends. It's the greatest quarterback comeback in the in the history of the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just I can't. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be commercials for TB12 all during sure. the Super Bowl. I'm because sure. That, I'm sure. That, What's Tom the versus time. Tom versus time. Oh yeah, that's wrong. I can't wait. I got my tickets. I can't wait to go see that. This is how awful Boston sports media is. Tom Brady. I mean, he should be untouchable, right? I mean, people should be smart about uh, how they talk about Tom Brady up there. Uh, and then they got the, this guy on WEI who goes after his daughter, makes a comment about his daughter, his five-year-old daughter, in the Facebook. Uh, um, Whatever it is, movie or Tom versus Tom. Yeah, yeah, Tom versus Tom. Yeah, it's a, like a reality show. It's like a mini series. And a guy Why calls are you going after anybody's daughter. He calls that's it a five year old girl. He calls her an annoying little pissant. I mean, that's five. Boston. Five years old. But think about it, Philly. If you heard that was about a Philadelphia radio show talking about the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, you'd be you'd be like, yeah, that's probably yeah. right. Kind of these these don't are hear that probably stuff. the two most. Uh, uh, cynical? Is that a good way to say it? Is that a uh, uh, euphemistic way to say it? Cynical yeah. fan bases? I think judgmental. Ah, they're just arrogant on the end of New England, but that's well, just they that back come, it up. that's a byproduct of they, winning. They've backed it up. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it. You can't argue. They've backed it up. No, but they're just these fan bases are just so despicable. You know, the 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 Philadelphia archetype. Randy. Sports fan has like been played out to the point where everybody, you know, immediately goes to throwing batteries, uh, snowballs, ice balls at Santa Claus, and you know, <laughs> booing Santa Claus and Michael Irvin potential career-ending injury, getting pelted with snowballs. Well, I remember watching Silver Linings Playbook. Yes, and they had that scene where the fans were fighting before the game, each other, each other, and I thought, all right, that's a little much. And as it turns and then out, you yeah. see the footage. Outside of their stadium. It was accurately depicted ahead of the fact. I didn't think they fought each other. I know they fight oh, everybody yeah. else, but. Steeler fans will fight each other, too. Yeah, wasn't there you, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't felt uh, uh, the rage in Pittsburgh uh, like I did, uh, I mean, witnessing. I'd, uh, there was a lot of rage coming out of that Jacksonville game. <sighs> like, there's, I mean, rage. Like, that kind of emotional disturbance that only comes from that kind of loss. I mean, there was full-on rage coming down those ramps. Because it, we saw the same game twice. We got yeah. our asses kicked. Yep. No, nah, Bill, those 45 points, it was just two or three plays, really. Nothing to worry about. <sighs> yeah, see Explaining that. away the first <laughs> ass-whooping, right. set never us up for again. the second ass-whooping. All right, we got to get past it. We got We got We are not doing a good job today. Has I been will. an exercise Kick in futility. It's going to be a long we off. Spent season. the entire day. It's just been a good closure for us yeah. before the Super Bowl. This has been very therapeutic for us. We're going to have to relive it one more time next week. Oh, I, I can't. I just want to. There should be a prop bet in the Super Bowl by how many points Brady will come back and win the game by. Oh, I like that. Who's he going to give his it. MVP Jeep to? Yeah, this year. Yeah. Billy Gardell, you've heard the news. Tom 
Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. Yeah, how about that? In the movie You Are My Friend. You got to get a part in that as like a teamster behind the scenes or something. <laughs> I'm already working. I'm begging as, as we speak. Yeah. I would love to be a part of that. I think it's going to be tremendous. Yeah. It, it's perfect. And a great icon. And I think, uh, I actually think Hanks will kill that. Yeah, me too. You know? At this point, I mean, Tom Hanks has basically played everybody. You know, Michael Keaton worked on the Mister Rogers show. Oh yeah, he'd be a good one behind the scenes too. That'd be a great, that'd be a great cameo. You know, we'll have him do Mister McFeely, as has been suggested. You know, <laughs> although in today's climate, being named yeah. Mister McFeely might yeah, not, not be the no. not the role you want to claim. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. No, bad. <laughs> You get hashtagged right out of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, who has more fun than people, huh? Billy Gardell will be with us next week, I hope. Where are you going now? So you got two gigs in Orlando, and then what? I got, I'm going home. I got uh, a little appearance on the game show. Uh, um, Funny you should ask. And then uh, next week I'm filming another episode of Sheldon. Nice. Hey, look at that, Bill. So I'm looking forward to coming home next week and being home for a little while. Good deal. Hey, uh, so I spent the weekend uh, convalescing there, getting better, and uh, watched a lot of TV while I was doing it. I got to tell you, the Netflix original movie about the life of Doug Kenny, A Stupid and Futile Gesture. Was he good? A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Yeah. It's about National Lampoon and everything. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so much fun to watch. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's really, it's just a, fu- it's a fun flick if you're a fan of that era and how like I modern am. comedy was formed. It's really fun to watch. I will watch that. And they, they uh, Martin Mull plays him, right? Well, he plays him as uh, if Doug Kenny were to have grown old. Yeah, right. Which we all know he didn't. Uh, right. And the young Doug Kenny uh, is uh, Will Forte, and he's really good in it. And who who plays Chase? Who plays Chevy Chase? Joel McHale. He does a good job? I think he does. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you another he worked with him on Community, so you figure he probably knows his, you know, idiocy. And Pittsburgher John Daly plays Bill Murray. And he nice. does a good job. Yeah. Well, I will look that up. And while you're down for the count, Randy, uh, check out uh, uh, Godless. Oh, I've only seen one episode, but it's great. Great. That's another Netflix Western. I finally got in the Black Mirror. Ah, yes. How great is that? It's terrifying. Yeah, because it's what's coming. It's, it's all coming it's for It's probably us. already happening. No, it's all coming for us. Keep watching those. They're oh, great. No. I, I, the genius episode, I really thought, was the one with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And it was written by Michael Schur, who developed The Office and Parks and Rec, and Rashida Jones. Right. And they wrote that, and the music was great. It was like, they're like little movies. Yeah, they are like little movies, little vignettes, and I love that it's a different cast every time, and it's got a, a touch of the Twilight Zone, but enough currency that oh, you yeah. go, wow, this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I can't watch that. It's not th- this week. It's terrible. No, it's no, <laughs> it's a bad week to watch it, Bill. I'm watching Mr. Rogers' episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do something. I got to find a hey, happy neighbor, place. Can you learn the word disillusionment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tomorrow, we stop spinning our wheels. We look ahead. And uh, we start, uh, you know, pulling ourselves out of the, the doldrums. Yeah, the Super Bowl happens. So it's not, it's the not Super Bowl. going to happen. That's yeah. like next Tuesday. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I'm going to say stuff is going to happen. It doesn't mean it has to. 
You know, I'll tomorrow we continue wallowing in our misery. No, no. We'll don't. have something else to complain about. Mr. Wednesday, <laughs> Jeff Monk will be here. We'll talk pens with Phil Bork That'll and uh, Double M. Mark Madden will be here as well. Billy, thank you, brother. Love I you. Love talk you. to you next week. Go, right. Bill. Love you. All right, Michelle's got the electric lunch coming go up Philly, here in just a little said. bit. Said what? Go Philly. You're looking at me like I did something wrong. No, I'm just. And since the potential is high that I've <laughs> screwed up today. Nope. I want to make sure I didn't. No. Okay, great. All right. Michelle's got the electric lunch coming up next and a thousand bucks in workforce cash at the top of the hour. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.